3: Welcome to Discographology, the show where we know the importance of a sky pager. I was trying to figure out how to say (laughs) that correctly. We know (laughs) the importance of a sky pager. All right. Today we are continuing our series on A Tribe Called Quest by looking at their second album, 1991's The Low End Theory. And before we get into the history of this album we will talk about uh, everyone's relationship to the album. So what is everyone's relationship to this album, and and how did you listen this time, Matt? I'll start with you.
1: Uh, I I had heard of this album, uh, like most tribe... uh, I, I had not sat down to listen to it, but but I had heard of this uh, this album before, uh, so I was you know excited to get into it. Um, I've listened to this album a lot over the last couple of weeks, um, mostly uh, in, in head headphones doing other things. But uh, I also put it on the Apple HomePod uh, mm. earlier this week and and really kind of aired it out a little bit, and, and it sounded great. Nice, Blake.
0: Um, of course, being a, like a album of legend i I'd, I'd heard of it um hadn't intentionally ever listened to it but uh unlike the first album this one i think a few tracks i had passively heard somehow they they kind of rang a bell I, I think tracks like check the rhyme and scenario which is a super famous song um i had heard before but the rest of it was totally new to me i listen in the car and on on the airpods and um on the in the headphones on the home rig nice had a good time
2: yeah i've never heard this album i have no experience with it uh i think the only thing that maybe has ever caught my eye is maybe the album cover which uh i can't describe it very well if someone else could kind of describe it it it, it is it
3: will be discussed in the in the history i will mm-hmm. tell you that
2: OK, yeah. so that's that's pretty much the only time that I think that I've I've seen anything about it. So it was a new experience for me, but I mainly listened with uh, earbuds uh, in the car and on some home studio speakers. So that's how I listened.
3: Nice. Well, this was uh, this was actually the first Tribe album I bought. Uh, and and I, it's not like I bought it a long time ago. I think I bought it maybe a year or so ago, so not, not incredibly, uh, not, it wasn't an album I grew up on or anything. Um, and I do own it on vinyl. That's what I bought it on. So that's what I listened to nice. it on this go around, but also, um, on Spotify, you know, when I was at work or, or here and there and yeah, I, I will say that even though I've owned it for maybe a year, I, I this was the first time I'd really sat down and listened to it repeatedly Back to back, you know, usually after listening to it a couple times when I got it, I would just kind of pick certain songs online. So uh, some of the songs on here, I was not nearly as familiar with as some of the others, Um, but that is how I listened to it. So let's go ahead and uh, we can get into the history of the low end theory. After the release of people's instinctive travels, tribe were beginning to get noticed. The album had been critically acclaimed and a couple of the songs had gotten some radio play. Leader of the group, Q-Tip, would gain even more attention later that year when he did a guest verse on worldwide dance hit, Groove is in the Heart.
4: And my heart is special, yeah. of a rhythm, where well, I wanna be. Come on, blowin', blowin' with electric eyes. You dip to the die, baby, you'll realize. Yeah. Baby, you'll see the funk is inside of me. Baby, you'll see that rhythm is a geek. Get, get, witty, it, witty, it. can't think, quitty, quitty. Stomp, wanna speak when I hear funk with you. Play a pop, pipe, Follow her, just shoot. Baby, just sing about the groove. Sing it, Groove
5: is in the Heart.
3: Despite the rising star that was A Tribe Called Quest, Tip thought that they still had more to prove. For one thing, the next record could prove their commercial worth as much as their critical worth. Secondly, when people talked about Tribe, they were usually lumped in with the growing native Tongue Collective, which by this point also included Queen Latifah, Moni Love, and Black Sheep, as well as the leaders of the new school and their phenomenal new MC, Busta Rhymes. Third, to some, Tribe was just a jokey satirical act due to the first album's single, "I Left My Wallet in El Segundo."
4: Yes, you know what I'm saying. Me and Five started out rhyming, then this knucklehead Yo. joined. Yeah,
6: the wallet is in Antarctica. Dude. Okay.
4: okay. He joined and then you know we went to high school with the Jungle brothers mm-hmm. and met up with Ali Shaheed Mohammed, which is this knucklehead. You
6: know, I saw the wallet in UCLA while it's in a still post and loose ends. <laughs> <laughs> yo,
4: wait a minute. Can we do this please? Alright? Hey yo, anyway, so we had the instinct to get oh, large like chill, De chill. La Soul, blood, because they blood like
6: wallets in Jamaica. I'm killing all that. In
4: Jamaica? Jamaica. Well we gonna go there in the next segment. <laughs> anyway, we trying to be large like De La Soul, so.
3: Additionally, Tip knew that they would have to step it up due to the climate of hip-hop changing since the recording of their debut. Author and poet Hanif Abdukharib writes that there was a righteous anger in this era, and Tribe were well aware. Tip was listening to Straight Outta Compton and wanted to create something that also had that anger, albeit more under the surface instead of front and center. In the midst of recording this next album, the video of Rodney King being beat by police officers was broadcast. Lastly, the month after Travels came out, Fife learned he was a type 1 diabetic. Worried that the music lifestyle wouldn't be secure, Fife considered quitting the group to get a normal job and drifted apart from Tip following their tour for Travels. It was a moment of kismet that brought them back together when the two ran into each other on a subway train after having not spoken for months. They started talking, and Tip convinced Fife to stay with the group and really commit this time, no more dropping into the studio when he felt like it. If he would show up in a big way, they could make this next album even better than the first, and Fife's future would be secure. While Fife would be on this album more, one person that would not was Jeroby White. The Mystic Man had decided to pursue his dream of being a chef and started going to culinary school. It's possible his departure has been overstated some in the press. While he wouldn't show up on the album vocally, he still would come around to hang out and crack jokes in the studio and be the public face of the group at clubs and social gatherings. To try and establish themselves as a force to be reckoned with commercially as well as critically, the group switched management firms from DJ Cool Red Alert to Def Jam co-founder Russell Simmons' firm. This caused friction in the Native Tongue movement, considering one of the Jungle Brothers was the nephew of Red Alert. In addition to moving on from their old manager, the group left the Native Tongue studio mainstay of Calliope Studios for Battery Studios in Manhattan. This wasn't their choice, though. Jive Records had demanded they record the next album at the studio, which the record label owned. Luckily, Tip was able to bring along engineer Bob Power that had worked with them on People's Instinctive Travels. There, they were joined by engineer and producer Skeff Elsom. Power would prove instrumental to the next album by helping Tip meticulously clean up old samples that he had found while on tour. Fife later recalled that during touring for the first album, he and Jirobe would go catch a baseball game, Shahid would stay in the hotel and play guitar, and Tip would spend all day before soundcheck going to local record shops for more records to add to his collection.
4: Well, you know, it was going up. I didn't pay too much attention to it. And then, as I started looking for um, types of music to sample from, I found myself going more and more into jazz. And then, from just sheerly looking for it to sample, I just started listening to it just out of, you know, for pleasure. And I'd say that jazz and rap are closely related.
6: Do you spend a lot of time doing research? You know, when, you, when you're on the road, for example, checking out used record stores to see what, what kind of things you can dig out? Yeah, definitely. I,
4: everywhere, you know, I just go just looking for stuff, stuff like in different states in America or in different countries, stuff, you know, they have different kind of goods that weren't released in America check
3: it for all that in a nice piece of synchronicity given the ambitions for this album the neve mixer used at battery studios was john lennon's old mixing console the beatles illusions didn't stop there either as tip wanted himself and fife to be the lennon mccartney of hip-hop and bob power would later say that this album was the Sgt. peppers of hip-hop for six months q-tip power anselm ali shaheed and fife worked on creating the low-end theory As was the case on the first album, Tip took the lead, making most of the beats and giving each song direction. He was especially interested in making sure the next album could stand up to the current hip-hop of the day, refusing to let Tribe be lapped by their peers. He would sit and help Fife write rhymes if he felt they weren't working out. Whereas the first album was about color, this album was about technique, said Tip. Tip. Tip was especially interested in mixing in more bass and dynamics this time. He felt that hip-hop at the time didn't have enough bottom, and specifically cites Public Enemy's production as an example of how hip-hop at the time put everything on the same floor. The group that he wanted to emulate in production sound was a far cry from Public Enemy in the hip-hop of 1991. Tip pointed to Pink Floyd as a sonic example of how a record should sound. This desire for more low-end would contribute to the naming of this new album
4: low-end theory, we got it from the 808s as synonymous with hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? So the, the bottom, bottom just the, boom, low the end. boom, the low-end. Yeah. Plus, as a double meaning, it's talking about how the black male in America is put on the low-end of the totem pole in society. And they always pin us with, you know, drug-sellings and token and guns. And, and we trying to flip the script and say that, you know, here we are, three black youths, black young men doing something positive, you know what I'm saying?
3: While Tip's low-end theory would help shape hip-hop sound for the future, it wasn't always the best for the studio equipment. In a later interview, he said that they repaid Jive for forcing them to record at Battery by blowing out their speakers with the aggressive bass. Quote Ali Shahid, The snares used to spank so hard in Battery it hurt my teeth. Additionally, the group tried to keep Jive from hearing much in advance and wanted to make the album on their own terms without label interference. The one time the label did hear the album, they came back with notes that every song sounded the same and they needed to be faster. This annoyed the group, who refused to change anything, but were starting to feel that record company people were shady. More on that later. As well as the bass being more upfront on this album, Tip made good on his promise for Fife to be more present on the album. This would become Fife's coming out party. For the first time, A Tribe Called Quest was more of a collective unit than ever before.
6: When he came through on Bugging Out the first time we heard it, yo, microphone check, one, two, what is this? What? Yo, microphone check, one, two, what is this? The way that I describe that, yo, is the same way that. N.W.A. busted through the Martin Luther King I Had a Dream piece of paper on the Express Stuff video. Like, they busted through that piece of paper like what? It's like how you put the perfect screw in, 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 the, in, the, in the hole. That's what Fight was, the Tribe Called Quest. Fight this, fight that. Where you going, where you at? You had one voice that was, like, high, and then you had Tip, who was, like, in the middle. Tip is very smooth. Fight is very hype. The yin and yang of those two That, to me, was the perfect marriage.
2: He brought the street to Drive Cold If Q-Tip was esoteric on Pluto, Fife would bring him back to
6: the moon so that it was in the realm of human understanding.
3: The final touches on this album were just as important to Tip as the rest. Maybe influenced by Pink Floyd as well, Tip wanted this album to sequence together from one song to the next. Therefore, he refused to have any skits. For the cover, he wanted to have Naomi Campbell naked and painted red, black, and green, the colors of the Pan-African flag. He says he was trying to go for an Ohio Players vibe. Naomi Campbell didn't do it, but they got another model for the image, which became synonymous with Tribe. Eventually, the group had to turn in an album, and so Fife and Shahid had to convince Tip to stop tinkering and give it up. The Low End Theory was released on September 24, 1991. It would go gold by 1992 and platinum by 1995. September 24th, 1991 is possibly the day mainstream music changed forever. Because that day, rock shifted with the release of Nirvana's Nevermind, and hip-hop shifted with the release of Low End Theory.
4: After the album came out, the first album it was just like, wow, this is really happening. The stakes became high. And then everybody was talking about sophomore jinx. But I never was one for jinx and spooks and shit. Like, I don't believe in none of that shit. I'm not a superstitious dude. Like Stevie said, if you believe in things that you don't understand, then you're going to suffer, you know what I mean? Like, so I never gave none of that shit no weight. Sophomore jinx, the fuck is that? I'm going to make Low End Theory.
3: All right, let's get to the first track, Excursions.
4: Back in the days when I was a teenager, before I had status and before I had a pager, you can find the abstract, listening to hip hop, my pops used to say it reminded him of bebop, I said, well daddy, don't you know that things go in cycles, way that Bobby Brown is just amping like Michael, it's all expected, things are for the looking, if you got the money, Quest is for the booking, come on everybody, let's get with the fly mode, still got room on the load of black boat. listen to the rhymes, to get a mental picture of this black man.
3: So I realize that clip I just played, by the way, doesn't really capture the whole song, but I, I have to get that opening in there because it, yeah. it, it might you be one of my opening. favorite opening lines to a
5: <laughs> lines my to bad. a my song
3: bad. or album uh, ever. Um, you know, right off the bat, you realize this album is going to be different than the previous album with really that driving bass groove and then tips verse about growing up. He he created the song by taking the bass line from Art Blakey's 1973, A Chant for Boo, and added a measure to actually make it 4-4 instead of 3-4, as it is in the original song. Hmm. And regarding that opening line that Q-Tip says there, he wrote, quote, My opening verse on excursions was very personal. It was all about my dad. A lot of people don't know about my father, but we had a real tight relationship. So that song was about my excursions of traveling in my mind. It was my travel man manifesto. And I didn't really mention it, but Q-Tip's father uh, died when he was a teenager. I I didn't mention that, I think, in the last episode. And so he's kind of had, he was referencing that relationship with his father. Um, In the middle of the song, there is a spoken word part that breaks in, the sample being the beginning of a poem called Time from the Last Poets. And uh, I know I mentioned that the first album had jazz samples, I think, last time, but this is the album that really sets the tone for what Tribe's signature sound will be uh, with that jazz bass groove and and tips rhyming. And I don't know. I I love this song. I don't know (laughs) what else I could really say about it. I just, this is is one of my favorite Tribe songs, and I just love it as an opening track as well.
1: Yeah, it's great. Uh, My very first note for this song was when that beat drops. So I'm, I'm glad that you, you picked that, uh, that clip as well. Cause when that snare hits, you you know, you're off to the races at that point. Um, really good lyrics in this, um, kind of on that, on that, um, on where that beat drops, it's if you got the money quest is for the booking, and you know, that, that really sets the, uh, kind of sets the stage Mm -hmm. for them as a, uh, it's, it's life as a musical act. And, and I really haven't, you know, have enjoyed that kind of being throughout the record. I think he's referencing, uh, trips to the, to the record store. Um, I, I, I love kind of self self self-referential things like that. I love the, the, uh, bass sample. And, uh, it's really interesting that he added a measure to make it four, four, but I just kept thinking, wrongly but I, I just kept uh, couldn't think of anything but white rabbit uh hmm. yeah
5: <laughs> just I hear that. That,
1: that chromatic um you know kind of up and back down again this is another one and I mentioned this on the last uh show but he's so good at creating beats that are so sparse but yet feel whole um you know when it when it hits your ear uh it's another great use of vocal doubling he's not doubling all of his vocals but he just kind of brings in doubles for emphasis and i think that that works really well and and i i love the kind of the interplay between the poem and when he uh when he starts saying excursions excursions at the end and then and then it's kind of a hard cut yeah there's there's just so so many good things to say about this song
0: yeah it's a it's a great it's a good song. it's a great way to start the album just that bass line, especially is the first thing you hear i w- I was wondering how much of this album because that was, okay so a, a traditional stand up bass, the double bass, whatever you want to call it, is all over this album mm-hmm. um, and I was wondering how much of it is sampled, how much of it is played for the album. I'm sure Josh is going to fill us in as we go. Yeah,
3: I think most of it's sampled. There's only a, one instance I know for sure is okay. played
0: live. Interesting. Because, yeah, I didn't know that about this, this sample. But it, I, I love uh, you you turn it up in a good pair of speakers, and you, you hear all the little noise, and you can hear some of the sampling. So that was kind of a clue. But I believe there were also some distant bongos hmm. or some kind of dr- hand drum or something with that bass sample. Did anyone else hear that? It, it, it sounds
1: like it. Yeah, there's there's something in there kind of
0: tapping it out. It was a really cool rhythmic element that it added. But yeah, as Matt said, there's a sparseness that uh, kind of sets the tone for this whole album. Unlike the first album, this is going to be a much more sparse thing. I, I think the, uh, the beats and the samples are, are more carefully and maybe more skillfully cobbled together this time. But they are they're not as bombastic that they're they are more little sp- more sparse a little darker more minimal minimalism is is a big word that jumped out to me in this one um i like the horns and the hook um it's one of the one of the few musical things that jumps out at you on this track it, it's mostly all about the lyrics the last thing that really stands out is at least on my recording that i listen to a lot of swear words are just being, are just silence. Sweary.
3: Yeah, that, that happens a few times on the album. And I, I
0: don't know what it happens the deal throughout. Is with that. It's in, it, it is weird. intentional, though. It's intentional, yeah, okay. but I, I don't know why. I didn't know if there's a version of this album with, because on, on the version I listen to, there is, there's definitely some swearing later on. But right. they pick and choose when they cut out the swears. It's yeah, bizarre. I, I don't I know what that's about. That. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. And like, you know. People were swearing all over rap by this time, so it's, <laughs> it's it's not like it would have been all that controversial. I don't know. Mm. It, it it's I'll talk about it more later, but okay. what do you think Louis? Yeah,
2: that is weird. Um another good opening track from Quest. Uh I, I took it as almost like a mission statement. Um we've got missions, travels, and excursions seem to be a common theme so far. I wonder how much it costs to uh book Quest. I'd really like to know.
5: <laughs>
2: I like how the father. You know what's compar- on their rider? Yeah, the no kidding. <laughs> uh,
5: almost,
3: a little later, chicken we'll and
2: orange juice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like how the father compares hip hop to bebop and the commentary on how trends of the past and future often converge and make something new. I also question our fake moves like fake news like pe- yeah. people just belligerently denying someone else's obvious dance talent
5: <laughs> i thought he
0: said fake news at first yeah it, that's because
2: we're so used to hearing that term it's like that guy's not a good dancer and they're like well he just you know <laughs> won the yeah. guinness book of world records for just the best dance off ever and ah, he's not that great that's all I really got on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed the well, track. I mean, I, I think it's a good opening track. It, it's definitely different. I like the 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 bass. It definitely feels a little bit different from the first album. So yeah, I'm on board so far.
3: Awesome. And the second song I feel like is almost a continuation. So we have second track is bugging out. Yo,
6: when you bug out, you just. Reason for the action. Sometimes you it's just for mere satisfaction. People be hounding, always surrounding, posting, just like a migraine pounding. You don't really fret, you stay in your sense. You your feeling of absolute tense. You're so off to another world deep in your mind. For people seem to take that as being unkind. Oh, yeah, he's acting stank. Really
5: so like
3: i was saying i think this one's almost like a continuation of the first song in some ways the the obvious connective tissue being the the main sample this heavy jazz bass groove with a minimal production as you guys said um however whereas excursions was all about q-tip this one begins with fife bursting in with some of the most quotable verses in hip-hop he tells us about wearing new balance shoes to avoid a narrow path how he drinks a lot of soda, so you should call him Dr. Pepper, (laughs) and also references uh, rap artist Special Ed's 1989 single Taxing with the line, your name ain't Special Ed, so you won't seckle with the mission. Uh, Seckle apparently means relax, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, When Tip does come in, he throws out an equally quotable line with Zulu Nation, Brothers Last Creation, Minds Get Flooded, Ejaculation. Which, according to Genius, is an example of what they call punchline flow in hip hop. Again, my hip hop knowledge very limited here, so I, I, I don't know exactly what punchline flow is, but I can kind of guess based on that. Um, I will summarize by saying, again, I also love this one. Um, to me, Excursions and Bugging Out are kind of like one long intro song where first you get Tip for a while, and then Fife comes in um, with his big verse. And it's just it's tribe at their best. I feel like when they're doing this sort of minimal production, very uh, jazzy sort of stuff.
0: Okay, first of all, Fife's rapping is great, but the bass line that runs throughout this whole song drives me up a fucking wall. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I need I need to know if I'm going insane. I can't find. I know where the downbeat is. Maybe. But I don't like the way that this bass line is, is put together. It It's like the four or the and a four from the end of the measure carries over into the one of the next measure, and the bass is all uh, upside down, and so <laughs> the flow sounds upside down to me. My brain refuses to wrap itself around this fucking beat. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the lyrics or the, or
2: the rapping. Am I the only one that had this problem? I can't find the downbeat, and it's messing I, with my mind. I, I didn't really try to count it or anything. I just felt it out, and yeah. it felt really good to me. I think it's the drummer uh, in you.
0: I don't know. Well, like, it may be, one, and yeah, two, the way the drums three, come in four, in this song, I, I don't know how to count the it. The drums, it, the drums don't come in on the on the one either, and that that doesn't help. And that it, it, you think you know where the downbeat is, but that's not where the downbeat is, and that's what drives me the most nuts. Um, Logan, you know the song, the the title track with teeth. Yeah, this song does the exact same thing oh, okay. to me. Yeah, That's, and I see Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl will back me up. He, he couldn't find where the fucking downbeat was, <laughs> and Trent was like, "Where do you think the downbeat is?" Because that song is all fucked up. That yeah. song drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, it's just like a personal thing. It's weird to me when I get thrown off the beat like that. Uh, I shouldn't. I won't go on too long about it, but you know, the I, I did watch the music video, um, which reminded me of something from Odd Future. Maybe they're wearing these bug out eyes, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty, and they look like Simpsons. Maybe just these big white plastic yeah. things in their eyes. And it's a it's a uh, combination
3: like a, video with jazz, which we'll talk a little bit about later. Yeah, yeah. it's
0: a video within a video. Very colorful within a black. It's it's strange. We'll talk about it later, but. Yeah, it's hard for me to like this because the beat and, and the downbeat,
2: mm-hmm. man, I'm sorry. Bugs you. Oh, well, I'm yeah, like, finally, like we get some fife. Uh, this really changes the dynamic, I think. That bass line, be thick, I said. I'm loving the <laughs> jazzier feel so far. I like this one quite a bit. I'll bet some folks think I'm acting stank on that, but uh, no, that that line is pretty... <laughs> Pretty funny to me. I get a kick out of the that line, but no, I it doesn't bother me at at all. I can see what you're saying though in the comparison to with teeth, but no, I think it's a it's yeah. a cool uh, feel. I I like being thrown off like that or not being able to count it. I think that makes it more interesting to me. So yeah, I like this track.
1: Hmm. On that oh yo he's acting stank line, d- do you hear the next line as? really on a regal or really honor eagle because i had, i had heard it as honor eagle but i'm looking at the lyrics now and, and it says that it's on a regal but uh
3: i have no idea
1: what's your source i uh,
0: i heard that's according regal, to genius but yeah genius is sometimes sus
1: uh, uh, right it, it, it is being reported <laughs> as really on a regal, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. like I, I do hear what you're saying about uh, about this uh this yeah. beat um it's it's not my favorite beat and i'm glad that we get it out of the head or out of the way uh right up here yeah. at the top um i like i like a lot of the verses uh so um i i'm willing to kind of give it a, a pass um th- it's the first uh mention of arsenio arsenio he's gonna make <laughs> several <laughs> several appearances uh here uh throughout the record um Anytime you talk about styles upon styles upon styles, y- y- you're gonna you're gonna get buy in from 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 this guy. Um, you already mentioned the Dr Pepper. In addition to Arsenio, there's a lot of food on this record, which I think is pretty cool. So I think that was uh, like the last record, the though, album. as album. Well. I mean, yeah, it on the last album, hungry dude. I, I and
3: Jerobi, Jerobi <laughs> became a chef. Like he's a chef now. Like,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, I like the Dr Pepper. Um, and, and Five kind of gets uh kind of gets uh philosophical for a second when he uh. He has the line about um, he doesn't want to go around acting like it's all about me, but even in, or in deep in my heart, it really could be i, I just I thought that was a really uh, really nice couplet, mm. and uh, see so yeah, I, n- not the best, uh, not the worst. Uh, that's a line from the song. I, I like their uh, their kind of humble brag, and uh, that's also kind of how I feel about this song. It's not the best, but it's not the worst.
3: Nice. Well, let's get to the next one, and we'll see what people uh, think about that one. rap promoter.
4: And the abstract rapper says, I want chicken and orange juice. That's the soul my writer and my occasional potato by a writer. Don't forget my pastry. Make sure they're tasty. I'm not the type to be pushy or hasty. See, I'm the type of goat that's weird in the ghetto. Took a few shorts before. Now the only ones I take are the ones that I wear. Ain't taking no shorts no more. now."
3: By the way, uh, I do have a note on this one that says, more food, Matt. So even before you said that, <laughs> I already was thinking Matt's probably going to point out the food on this one. Uh, so this is the first one on this album. I'm I'm a little lukewarm on this one. I mean, I, I love excursions. I love bugging out. This one, I feel like it, it's sort of a throwback to the first album in some ways, at least uh, as far as the music goes. I, I think the lyrics are, are definitely in line with this album's theme. As Matt kind of already mentioned this, uh, a lot of stuff about being... Um, you know, rap artist and being in show business, that kind of thing. Uh, the concept of the song is fairly obvious. It's a song about dealing with show promoters, and Fife said that it was actually one of his favorites on the album based on true incidents they dealt with. Um, I realized, by the way, we needed a break from the jazz bass groove of the first two tracks, but I just yeah. feel like the beat on this one doesn't really do it for me um, as much as those two. Um, although it is nice to have a little bit of a, a change up there. But that's my thoughts. Uh, Logan, what do you think about Rap Promoter?
2: I get the message here and can support it. I can't tell you how many times that I'm sure we all have encountered or experienced dealing with money from shows, being in local bands. Uh, it's it's nice to hear that they're... Right, it's nice to hear that... $17. Right. It's nice to hear that they are setting rules and expectations for promoters. You know, local music, I'd argue, is not always about money. But at the same time, playing and performing costs money and should be compensated. But in Quest's case, they're taking a very active part in their own success, and I respect that. I'm not a fan of the Kid Rock part, though. <laughs> 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 that's actually a, so that's a, a reference to an older
3: hip song, I get A hip-hop song, I sure.
2: I'm sure it is, but the first thing that popped in my head was... Is it Sugar Hill Gang? I don't
3: remember but yeah oh that, i also thought that as
2: well kid rock i uh, that, kid that's rock on my quest album I was
1: like oh kid Rock. <laughs> uh yeah. but it it
2: was an interesting track i enjoyed it
1: yeah i liked this one um i i didn't uh didn't mind the the dang digga dang to dang uh, i had first heard that um most deaf on when he was on uh, Chappelle's show uh, threw one of those in in there and I didn't know if he was referencing this or if this was a reference to uh to an earlier song but i, I thought that was neat um uh, i I guess you'd maybe call it more punchline flow uh, it's too damn cold outside I uh, I thought was a really great line from this um yeah the the ode, uh chicken and orange juice occasional potato bio or- orida uh taking kind of pedestrian things and and you know wrapping them up in in a uh, W R A P I N G <laughs> wrapping them up in, in, in such a great, oh. you know, funky beat and funky flow. That's some of, some of my, my favorite rap lyrics is kind of mundane things that, that are, that are made, uh, you know, that sound interesting, uh, when an MC, uh, says them, uh, ain't t- taking no shorts no more. Um, that that's a pretty common, uh, uh, motif across a lot of the hip hop that, that I've listened to or, or the act of taking shorts, which I, um, as I understand it could be a, a, a reference to like, you know, drug dealing and, and, or, you know, just getting stiffed on, on um, business deals of, of any kind. And uh, one more note, uh, they drop the, the, uh, the base or, or the wah on the uh, act proper before I call the crime stoppers. I, I just think that that was a really neat little, uh, little section there. So I, I think this one was, was fun again. Not, not, not my favorite on, on the record, but, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm always down for food rap. <laughs> <laughs> Loves Weird Al.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm a little lukewarm on this one too, but I like it more than bugging out cause I could, I can get more into it. Um, more minimalism. Uh, but I do, it, it's interesting that this one drops the, the wah guitar and a, an electric bass as, as Josh said rather than the uh the jazzy stand-up that we've heard for the first two um did anyone catch or or know why he says it's a this is a fly love song no at the clue beginning? yeah I don't know because like don't, it's I don't not get it it's not.
3: I just thought not what maybe maybe weed was involved. It just seems like it seems like it's, it seems like something like he was just stoned in the studio and was like mumbling something
0: <laughs> about it being a fly love song. There's a few times on the album that it sounds like that almost. So weird. Um, well, okay, well I you know I respect that. Um, if I could expand a little on the uh, lyric that Matt quoted, I thought it was genius where he Tip says, "Wash my wares in tide." because it's too damn cold out tide. <laughs> I think that I think that's what he says. He, yeah. It's clever either way. Yeah, chicken and <laughs> orange juice obviously that. <laughs> mm. That I mean, he, he the man good. knows what he wants on his rider. Yeah. Can't blame him.
3: Yeah, uh by the way, uh you know what else might be on that rider with the food is mm. butter, which is the fourth track, butter. <laughs>
6: Abuse him, also abuse him. My whole attitude is New Day next hunt And believe it or not, they all got done But well, here comes Flo with the crazy whip pill And I'm all too man, like Alexander O'Neill. Is this really love? Then again, how would I know? After all this time, trying to be a super hoe, She finally played me, but yo, I'd find another Because I've got the crazy game and yo, I'm smooth yo, like butter
4: It's like butter, it's like butter, baby It's like butter
3: So this is widely considered Fife's big breakout moment in Tribe. It's the first track we have heard in which he's the only MC on it, although Tip does join in there on the hook. Um, Apparently, he wrote the rap before the first album even came out, and when the beat was presented for this one, Fife and Tip got into an argument, insisting on who should be on this one. Fife wanted it to only be him, and Q-Tip wanted to uh, be on it as well. Some sources say it even got pretty heated between the two, and in the end, Q-Tip acquiesced, kind of considering that there were some songs on this album that are just him, um, that he would give this one just to Fife. And uh, later, Q-Tip has said in interviews that this is his favorite track on the album, kind of in retrospect. So uh, it's kind of an interesting little turnabout there. I, I like this one better than the last one for sure. I really enjoy the beat, and the kind of weird hook when it comes in there. Um, I, I, like some of Fife's rhymes as well. However, this is sort of the first instance on this album of lyrics that haven't aged very well. <laughs> and in retrospect yeah. are a little, a little problematic at times, uh, the way he kind of talks about people, but, but regardless, I think this is a, there's nothing on this one. That's like a deal breaker for me, this song. And I, I think this is kind of an, uh, a, definitely an upper tier one for me from this album.
1: Yeah. Um, Food Watch, uh, no, no park, <laughs> ain't no parquet, uh, ain't no margarine. Um, I, I thought that was really clever. Uh, yeah, th- that, uh, that chorus riff is, is great. Um, I, I'm sure a, a jazz theory head could tell you what mode it is or, uh, or all of the details there, but, um, uh, I just think it's really catchy. Uh, the boot, uh, the beat is great. Um, I love Bell Biv DeVoe so I was it was <laughs> glad to hear hear <laughs> yeah. them called out and he calls out Heavy D as well there's a lot of uh a lot of other artists you know referenced uh, throughout More Game Than Parker Brothers is a, is a great line uh you can kind of tell that it's uh it's an early it, it's it's the kind of rap that that I think a kid right out of high school would would come up with mm-hmm. which is good but you know that, yeah. that that is that is what it is uh they they do some beat dropping where they drop it for like 6 beats instead of 4 which i always like you know that it's kind of just more more interesting than than just dropping it for for a measure so it kind of comes in at the not on the downbeat but kind of the you know halfway through the next measure when when the snare comes back in so i i think that works really well but uh yeah i i um i really like it i mean i i i'm really in your clip josh uh you had them kind of talking about the interplay between the two vocals and uh i think fife is a really distinctive rapper and and that's really w- you know what i i you know latch onto when i'm listening to hip hop is like if you hear a line do you immediately know who it is and fife is definitely uh one of those mcs mhm i w-
0: we got to talk about transitions i do love how this album this album is like no filler one song one track to the next gives you zero time to breathe. It just goes right to the next beat. I like that. In fact the transition is so swift that one of the one of the diggies from dang to dang diggy uh is like at the beginning of this track. Yeah. Notably somebody on genius.com uh actually transcribed the second syllable gi, G-Y, at the beginning of this song from the diggy ending the last song. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, this album is so lean, you know, there's no, um, there's no fat. It's all been trimmed. There's no stupid time-wasting skits, as Josh mentioned. (laughs) Like, we don't need those. Um, Get to, give us the good stuff. Um, This, Butter is one of the better music, one of the better tracks musically, I think. Maybe not one of the better tracks lyrically for me. I do like that the music gets more interesting in this one. We got some keyboards and other stuff going on, but yeah, as Josh was saying, it doesn't age. I, I some things sound like he's trying to be anti misogyny, but then some of it comes off sounding like misogyny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he can't stand no bionic lady. He says um, because you know women have things on them that aren't natural. So <laughs> um, yeah. you know, take from that what you will. Um, although. We know uh Fife likes to name drop. Uh speaking of name dropping, he's got Tanya, Tamika, Sharon, and Karen, et cetera. What is this Mambo number five? <laughs> Tanya Tamika come back uh, later, by the way. And they were right. apparently classmates. I think they were
3: classmates of his at the high school. Uh,
0: I thought that was really clever how they did bring those names back later. But yeah, that's
2: my thoughts on Bonboda. Well, it's it definitely sounds like a track about trust issues. <laughs> it's it's a nice autobiographical look into Fife's love life, I suppose. <laughs> I'll bet it's difficult to go from being somewhat of an unknown rap star, uh, unknown to become a rap star, and how people start treating you differently. Um, I, I do think it's a fun track. I agree that there it could be kind of problematic, and I feel like it's almost like this album's Bonita Applebum album but yeah. less repetitive <laughs> and off, off-putting to me personally. So I I enjoy this one. I I like that it it features Fife. I like his autobiographical perspective. It's just interesting and fresh to hear, but at the same time, like you guys said, a little problematic. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm basically in, in, in agreement. But I, I I like the track. Well,
3: we heard a lot from Fife on that one, so we should hear from Tip, right? Uh, The next track is Versus from the Abstract. On
4: your back and you're coming to the house of the jazz of the funk of the rhythm all the goods are welcome but if you're a villain i'll just wait and debate contemplate your arrival if flexing is your motive then you don't like survival the abstract is speaking the heartbeats is reaching the black and puerto Ricans, because their butt naked streaking through the ever murky streets of the urbanized areas blasting out the speakers is the hip-hop hysteria
3: craig is
4: in the house
3: So we are back to what is arguably the jazziest based on the album. Um, And this is the live bass. It's provided by Ah. veteran jazz double bassist, Ron Carter. Uh, Carter had played with Thelonious Monk, Eric Dolphy, Herbie Hancock, just uh, a murderer's row of jazz greats. Uh, And, um, you know, I don't know enough about jazz to, to go through all his bona fides, but he apparently is, is the real deal. Um, He agreed to play the bass live on this track at the request of Q-tip Um, Also guesting on this track is Vinia Mojica. She had been in the crowd noise segments of People's Instinctive Travels when Jirobi's kind of doing his little Mystic Man rap thing on that album. And she'd also been on a De La Soul song in 1991 as well. Um, Fife, by the way, considers this Q-Tip's best work on the album. I'm... A little more lukewarm on this one but I do enjoy it um, it isn't bad it isn't great either it's just sort of middling for me I do think the bass is dope uh, and I also appreciate all the shout outs to people like he shouts out Ron Carter De La Soul Busta Rhymes Bob Power like all these different people that are around them uh, get shout outs it's it's just a very laid back kind of song
0: the, I believe that's the like the chorus part is just all shout outs, right? And he yeah. changes it up each time. And anytime somebody shouts out the engineer and says, Hey, <laughs> I respect you. I appreciate you. I, st- I stood up and clapped when he said, <laughs> Bob Power, the engineer, is in the house. I was like, Yes, finally, some respect. <laughs> uh, I th- I think Verses from the Abstract is, is maybe the most interesting uh, musically thus far. And some of the best lyrically thus far as well. Um, I like that he kind of teases that you're going to get Busta Rhymes later mm-hmm. on. I think he calls uh, Tip calls Busta his protege, and maybe that was that's that's kind of true. Was he? Oh, uh, what he was from what I understand, he was actually kind of found and named
3: by Chuck D. Uh, Chuck D. is the one that gave him the name Busta wow. Rhymes. So I I don't know. I've never heard about Q Tip sort of being his mentor. Chuck D. Maybe, um, but.
5: He was pretty young. Something he was a pretty a young guy.
0: Buster Rhymes was definitely a young MC at this yeah. point. Oh, he had to have been, but we'll get more on that later. Um, <laughs> there's a part where he says something about fetish for some booty, <laughs> which you know I'm gonna you know I'm gonna latch onto that, and I had to I had to read this comment from Genius.com um, from from the geniuses on this website. <laughs> also, a triple entendre where he says booty funky and duty which tie into each other because booties are funky and duty as in duty meaning people use their booties <laughs> to duty <laughs> <laughs> is a fucking 4 year old <laughs> <laughs> writing genius.com booty uh, duty, <laughs> like what the fuck man this is, I haven't seen this kind of stuff since apple bomb um the this has some weird horny stuff. Like girls love the girls love the gym. Is it J I M? Like I the gym? think, I think it's like about skills. Skills. is that yeah, with a G I'm, or a It causes J. crazy friction, man. Exactly. Crazy putting... friction. This is nasty
5: stuff. Dude, you
3: you clamor. don't even know. I'm still saying, wait till midnight, Marauders. There's some oh, shit on boy. there that you're gonna be I can't horrified ha- I,
0: by. <laughs> I can't handle more, man. Your demise is coming up, and I want your man to watch. That's just blowing away <laughs> your your enemies. <laughs> um. Also love Ron Carter on the bass, of course. I thought he said Rock Harder, <laughs> which is uh, one of the porn
2: star names from Boogie Nights. So.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: nice. I dig the stream of consciousness approach to this. Uh, tip is definitely a wordsmith. Uncle Mike is in the house. Who, who's yeah. Uncle
0: Mike? Who I is think that it? might Cool Red Alert, maybe. Had, I thought he was somebody's...
2: He's the actual uncle. uncle. I just want an actual, like, Uncle Mike's just sitting over there drinking a Diet Coke. Yeah, he's the uncle of one of the Jungle Brothers. He's in the house.
3: That might be who they're referencing. Okay. Uh,
2: But I do love the stand-up bass by Ron Carter. That was definitely a standout and definitely something that I latched onto. It's just groovy. It just sounds so, so smooth. And I like the Vinia Mojica vocals. I like this one. I don't have any problems with it. I, I...
1: yeah, I'm on board. I feel like this this could be this could be Q tip's mission statement overall. Um yeah. you know, we've talked about the bass. The bass is great. Um there there's a line about uh the beat is hard but gentle. And and yeah, that that's 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 been my experience with, with Tribe up to now is that yes, you know, this hits so hard, but yet it's also so smooth. Um, you know, the uh that rhythm or that guitar line, uh, really just kind of uh, put, puts you in in this this smooth, thoughtful mood. Um, I liked the uh, what what was her name? Uh, Vinica Mojica?
3: Vin, Vinia Mojica.
1: Vinia Mojica. I, I loved her lyrics uh, or her her vocals. I, I feel like I don't know what the timeline would be, but m- maybe this this might be Patient Zero or or an early entrant into. Quite a few are uh, hip hop songs that that have that female vocal on the chorus, uh, much like uh, mm. thuggish ruggish bone the the bone thug song uh, made me think of that the ever murky streaks of the urbanized areas i'd kind of had some issues or or at least just some thoughts about uh, the lack of variation in cadence and flow on the last record and, and i think that that this is the best of both worlds because he's he's pretty consistent but then he'll kind of throw in some uh some variations on it uh that that really stand out uh in, in the context of, uh, of of the rest of the um the verse and, and yeah th- this one just really really works for me
3: nice we well, you've got some uh very uh very musicality kind of thoughts there Matt. um have you have you thought about being in show, yeah. show business I'm trying to think about a transition into the next song which is show business seems to
6: 91 everybody want of am and you going so much for only pop 99 please nigga i've worked too hard for this no more will i take the booty end of the stick bogus bosses making numbers when they know they can't hack it cuz they lyrics display like eight ball jackets that tell me i can't tear it up Go get yourself some toilet paper because your lyrics is butt. <laughs> Do you want to be in the business? The business. people can't walk straight line. In uh, the Some of these brothers can't rhyme. In the
3: business. Hey, yo, I'm trying to get mine. I put that clip in there just for you, Blake, uh, cause I know you enjoy the line about your lyrics as but
5: <laughs> yeah, I do love that. Did
0: you, did you also put the, uh, the, the racial word in there for me? No, no, I did not. Just uh, to get that
3: in. But, uh, speaking of heavy topics, all right, let's get into this one. Um, so well, let's, let's buckle in. So this track has a controversial and troubling history. So the beat was originally used to back up a, a very homophobic song called Georgie Porgy. And there's disagreement among sources on what happened with this song, but here's what I can kind of piece together. So this song has guested on it Diamond D, Lord Jamar, and Sadat X, who are from Brand Nubian. And the story goes that Tribe and Brand Nubian were hanging out in the studio one night, getting high, when Lord Jamar at Brand Nubian dared Q-tip to make a song about homosexuality. The next morning... They uh, so they made this song the next morning. Uh, the song was canceled and eventually became rewritten as Show Business. And some sources say that Q Tip pulled the plug on the song after hearing it in a more sober state. And uh, others say that actually it was played for the label and the label nixed it as being too homophobic. Um, I don't know. Um, they point to the fact that the lyrics in Georgie Port are. The lyrics that ultimately replace Georgie Porgy attack label people as Shady seems to kind of support the idea that they were upset with the label at the time, but that could just be because they were upset. Who knows? Um, yeah. The lyrics for Georgie Porgy can be found online, although I have no idea who leaked them. You can't find the actual song, though. And for further reading on this, I would direct one to an article on Culture Trip, which calls this track actually hip hop's most homophobic song, which is saying something. Um, I'm not going to read the lyrics here, but they are completely inexcusable and really split no hairs regarding the lyricist's distaste for the titular character's sexuality. Um, I choose to believe the theory that Q-Tip was the one who canned the song after sobering up uh, just because of the fact that in the years since, there have been Tribe songs that actually support gay rights, and Tip has been involved in some LGBTQ rights campaigns, which kind of reinforces that narrative. Also, on the flip side, Lord Jamar of Brand Nubian has been pretty publicly outspoken against homosexuality, actually. Um, he called out rapper Leaf, who is a rapper who is gay. Uh, also, he criticized the Macklemore song, Same Love, apparently, <laughs> which called for marriage <laughs> equality. So it gives you know credence to the idea that Lord Jamar was sort of the one that incited this whole thing, and it was sort of seen as a mistake. However, and regardless, however, no one in tribe has ever publicly denounced the ex- existence of Georgie Porgy, nor really apologized for it. It kind of remains a stain on an otherwise acclaimed legendary career. Okay, all that being mm-hmm. said... <laughs> Uh, The actual song, Show Business, as it exists here, I actually kind (laughs) of like. I think the beat is good. It has the same BPM, I believe, as the other songs, but it just feels more aggressive and active than the last few tracks. And also, I think some of the lyrics are pretty memorable, including the one about your lyrics being butt. Um, It also features a tribe curse, which I think is the first curse word on a tribe song, maybe? I don't know. feels very rare. So um, what did you guys think about show business as it exists here? Um, or did you have any other thoughts on, on all that stuff I just said? <laughs> Which was uh, a lot. A I lot. Didn't...
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about any of that. So I'm not going to be commenting on that. I, I just yeah. knew that you had things to say about this one. So yeah. I, I kept mine short. Yeah. Um, I think this one was all right. I like the jabs towards the business. I'm I'm sure they were really having to lean in to get things done their way. I thought it was pretty good. I loved the variety of voices. Definitely more of a unit. Yeah, it was all right.
1: I I don't know that I can explain why, but I I think that the beat really you know it sounds like the beat that would be in a song about show business, and and, mm. and I don't know if um if, if it's just that, uh, that clipped burn in it. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it works. Um, you know, I think you can chalk it up to, are you able to separate, you know, the art from, from the views of the artist? And, and I will agree, uh, that, that you can, you know, perhaps give, give Q-tip the benefit of the doubt that he was the one to kind of, um, change the direction of the tune. I really like ensemble tracks. Uh, the, the kind of back and forth vocals on the chorus are, are really fun. And, and I like getting lots of different MCs on, on a song, um, you know, is, is just great to kind of hear different styles and, and, and different, uh, uh, ways of approaching how you would rap over that beat more soup with your meal. Uh, I, I thought was what uh, was fun, you know, uh, mm-hmm. being successful, but or, or having a record deal. But 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 still kind of getting uh, getting screwed over um, the booty into the stick. Uh, Fife is worried about it's <laughs> um, <laughs> coming right right before the uh, the lyrics. is But uh, one, is, one that more a, that
2: I, is that a negative thing, getting the booty into the stick?
1: I, I think you would I, think it would be. What positive. is the other end of the I, stick? I, I, actually, well, that's that what I'm, I'm trying about to be, like. Is it a good sh- or bad thing? It's <laughs> the
0: short end of the stick, I think.
1: Okay, right. Uh, one more line from Fife that I really liked was that uh, uh, you, you're played like an eight ball jacket, which I, I thought it was it was neat that even in 1991, <laughs> eight ball jackets were, <laughs> were 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 pretty pretty lame. So. <laughs>
0: um. What if I was like guys I have Georgie Porgie on 7 inch. <laughs>
3: yeah, I it, I seriously I looked, you can't find anywhere but I mean you can find the lyrics and I really do wonder how those lyrics got out there. I would be very interested. What if some interested. like troll
0: just made it up? <laughs>
3: No, I, I don't know. I mean, they, I one of the books I read is a book called Check the Technique, which is about classic albums. And in it, they talk about low-end theory. And in there, before I even knew all of this, uh, they do mention, like, oh, yeah, it was originally a different song that got rejected. But, like, that's all they say in the interview. <laughs> so well, that there's yeah. clearly truth to it. I, I don't know where all the other facts of it came out, though. Thank God it was changed because it would have oh, been God. a... <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, what a waste of a really good catchy beat on on dumb lyrics that would have been! Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm so glad they changed the whole thing up because it is one of the catchiest beats to me on on the record. I I think this is one of the upper tier songs here. Um, the way it ended up, yeah. Um. I like the line, all you want to do is taste the fruit, but in the back, they're making fruit juice. <laughs> I'm not even sure that I 100% understand the metaphor, but I think it's smart <laughs> yeah. and I like it. Yeah. Um, but it, this also stands out as as being almost out of character. Fife's, Fife is calling bootleggers motherfuckers. Yeah. Where they, they wouldn't say the word ass earlier, remember? <laughs> <laughs> and Fife straight up says the N-word. That's never happened uh, <laughs> thus far. Um, with tribe, so yeah, it's some weird stuff going out, yeah, going on, but overall, I think the this track kind of bangs,
3: yeah. All right, well, we're on to track seven vibes and stuff.
5: Drink shit don't find
6: my vote. I'm always in the island, fudging lucky know the time. They know who keeps me smiling. Go out on my own something that I gotta do. Do what the hell I want and have no one to listen to. I'm front with my business, and I do things on the double. Yo, I'm out like Buster Douglas. I say peace to MC trouble, rest in peace. Word up, rest in peace.
4: You know what else? We are, we got, we got the people.
3: So this is built on a nineteen seventy Grant Green symbol uh, sample which was on the legendary jazz label Blue Note, Uh, Q-Tip and Fife rhyme about stuff, and they generally Mm. vibe over vibraphones. I believe there's vibraphones on this, right?
5: Oh, yeah. It's kind of a double meaning, vibe,
3: vibraphones. Uh, Particularly, I appreciated the line about, Bob, you'll get your dough. Mace is my witness, because he's talking about Bob Power and Mace from De La Soul. Um, Blake, did you appreciate that line about an engineer getting paid, by the way? (laughs) I... I fucking missed that. I can't yeah, believe like, I missed that. like, Bob, you'll get your dough. Uh, also, there's right. a shout out to Vinia Mojica's mom at the end. She died during the recording of this album. So it's kind of an interesting little uh, reference there. Also kind of an Easter egg, because he says, "My name is Q, the name is Q-Tip, The Midnight Marauder. Yeah. Which is I the name that. of the next album. So it's almost like he's kind of uh, hinting at it. Um, overall, I think this is kind of an enjoyable, if lightweight song. Which is, I guess, necessary after the intensity that is uh, show business.
1: Yeah, this is right where I want to be. Uh, the the intro uh, to to this is great, and yeah, just that that vibe note that kind of carries th- carries through and carries over the rest of the beat. Uh, I I love the drums on this. It's it's kind of got a you know a, a shuffle feel or a... you know uh, it just really works and and really sets the tone for you know, just kind of a, a really chill song, uh, that he Q-tip compares himself to, uh, to one of the, the brothers Grimm, which I thought was a really, uh, really smart line. Um, they're doing the, uh, repeat the last word of the line, every other, every other line, you know, I think that the, there will be no duds here, here, uh, that always works for me. Um, fife uh just given his measurements <laughs> way a buck 50 36 <laughs> waist um,
3: well there's... both fife and q-tip on this album talk about their shoe size
1: <laughs> i oh yeah I, I i the shoe size too it was great um i think arsenio's back get more props in the arsenio hall show uh fife just wants to eat shit drink and bone um,
2: yeah yeah
1: and then uh
2: not eat shit but he <laughs> yeah. wants to eat, oh. eat comma shit eat, eat drink comma, shit, and bone and, bone.
1: <laughs> and then uh I- i'm always down for um you know lots of uh hip-hop you know they'll, they'll call out different hip-hop artists but being the map nerd that i am I like call outs for just different parts of the country. You know, uh, <laughs> Long Island, Brooklyn, Queens, yeah. Uptown, Upstate, DC, Maryland, Virginia, uh the Bahamas, over in Europe, uh I you know, These every- all the places that they played.
3: <laughs> I think pretty much. Yeah, Bahamas, their, you know, families are from, so it makes sense.
1: Yeah. I, 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 just vi- vibes all across the globe.
0: When they hear the jams, they be on the Dillsnick which i had to kind of look up which i i guess is kind of like a a snoop dog gified way of saying uh, that they be on the dick <laughs> <laughs> um the gym. i thought that was yeah the jimmy i thought that was funny the, this whole thing has a kind of a lo-fi feel in a, in a good way i thought if you were, just had this beat and remove the um vocals it could go on it made me think of that um that youtube oh
3: the lo-fi uh, beats thing yes <laughs>
0: 24 hours a day lo-fi beats to study to or whatever <laughs> i think it, i think this kind of thing could go on there um it, it's pretty cool uh the the yeah the title vibes and stuff is extremely accurate this time it's q-tips turn to do women's names so he's got <laughs> emma to cindy constance to wendy etc and uh the way they just let the beat ride out at the end is is perfect if you're going to call a song if you're going to put vibes in the title you got to let you got to let people vibe out on the end so i appreciated that
2: yeah um let's see i love the clever wordplay with the vibraphone i i'm i'm a big fan of this one they seem to have a lot of issues with fake rappers and phonies like are they the holden caulfield of hip-hop <laughs> fake moves just they have very good the vibes both ways of interpreting are 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 great though it's nice and easy it's it's great to have on in the background or the forefront uh the shout out to africa bombada i think was was pretty cool and he could possibly come up in future episodes. And uh, I, I, I'm I, a big fan of this track. I think that uh, the vibes were a welcome addition to kind of the jazz sound that we've been hearing so far. But it was a dimension that we haven't really heard yet. Uh, so it was nice to introduce uh, the vibes into the equation. I think that really helped. And I just always love the sound of them, too. I'm just a big fan of, of the instrument. So... It, it, I enjoyed it.
3: Nice. Let's uh, move on to track eight, the infamous date rape.
4: Oh,
2: God. You had to. You the
6: you get and Matt games if your name was Scott or yet, magic or even call Regardless who it is, your aim is to bone. if she tries to friend, that's when you start to If
3: okay whereas the last <laughs> song was fairly inoffensive lightweight. <laughs> uh, we are back to heavy matters here uh, not much background on this song beyond a quote from Fife about how it wasn't based on a specific true story but just stories they heard around. Musically, by the way, I think this beat is fine. The hook is serviceable. um, Pretty good. The lyrics are really the issue here (laughs) and are kind of the focus of attention here. Um, Amanda Hess, in her 2009 article in Washington City Paper, said it better than I could. She put, quote, Critics have disagreed as to whether this track furthers misogyny or simply comments on it. And on the one hand, the song suggests that men can and should take responsibility for preventing rape. On the other, it furthers the idea that women only object to rape when the meow is completed. <laughs> um uh-huh. I my interpretation or how I felt listening to it was it kind of starts off Tip as sort of saying date rape is a serious issue to be addressed, but then Fife's verse and Tip's later verse undercut that seriousness pretty handily. And so it's it's hard to say much about this song um given the, the lyrical content which this probably aged worse than most other lyrics on this album, um, and I don't know. Uh, what did you guys think about infamous date rape? Did you, did you think it was saying date rape is serious? We need to pay attention, or kind of furthering the? I don't know what what yeah. to well, say about
0: it really. Blake, your first. Effort. I had I had pretty much the same th- thoughts as what you were just saying and quoting. The song doesn't know what it wants because yes, he does start out like this is going to be an issues song. Uh, guys sexual assault is a problem but then it goes on to complain about women's periods Uh, and like all this petty dumb shit and it's like all right these guys were 20 i when i was 20 i definitely had some stupid ass ideas (laughs) my ideas about sex were dumb so i get it that doesn't that doesn't mean the lyrics are fine um but yeah it's uh once again, um, you know, a song with rape in the title, as we came across with Nirvana, is is difficult ground to tread. It's just it's so prickly. It doesn't it hasn't aged. It's weird now. I think at that time, um, that I guess the early nineties when both of these artists were doing that, I it was maybe the more edgy thing well, and to I, do. I
3: think in Tribe's case, and and this is going to sound like a defense of them, and I guess to an extent it is, but I, I think. At the time, this would have almost been progressive for for a hip hop artist. Yeah. Like, it, given the context of some of the other songs that may have been about similar topics uh, from artists, it, it were that were a lot more misogynistic, kind of overtly. I guess um, this this one's almost progressive by comparison to some of those. And I, I think uh, at the time was probably heralded as such. It's, it's kind of in retrospect right. that it gets and like
0: this is. And the issue of, of date rape, which I I guess was becoming an, uh, a talked about issue at this time, it ha it has to be called out, of course. But you can't you can't undercut it by being like, "What's up with women being on the rag?" You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, like yeah. Uh, so the only other thing I'll say probably is uh, I th- I do like the beat. I think the beat goes. <laughs> I like the sinister nature of the bass. Uh, it fits the sinister lyrics. Uh, when he- <sighs> Jesus. When five says her sugar her sugar walls tumble down like Jericho,
5: <laughs>
0: I just can't, man. And then there's another Bible reference right after that.
1: <laughs> just to jump in, I, I had that specifically, and and I think that's probably the best line in the song. Is she, yeah. she's hotter than uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and yeah. Abednego, and and they were exactly. thrown in the furnace by Nebuchadnezzar, uh, right? You know, so it, it, it's it's a fitting. Uh, 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 But it's a reference. I love
5: it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A reference to the Bible and to the song "Sugar Walls," but they're tumbling down like Jericho. That uh, is some some classic fife nastiness. But yeah, (laughs) go ahead, Logan.
2: Yeah, I have a lot of mixed feelings on this one. On one hand, I agree with the merits of disavowing date rape. It's always a good message to push, and I'm glad Tribe is tackling the issue head on. But on the other hand, and I may be misinterpreting, but it also seems to be throwing in their own humor into it, which I find a little off putting. It's almost distracting from the message. So it's a topic that makes people uncomfortable. I mean it's that's not uncommon. I but I think with the polarity here, it kind of makes me a little wishy washy on how I feel about it. It's it's a track that may have some poignant commentary but also it's not the most fun to listen to i'm i can't think of too many songs that are about rape that i i can honestly say like oh yeah that's a great song Um, Yeah. yeah i really enjoyed listening to that it's not something that i i appreciate the message if if they're disavowing it but at the same time like you guys said it's kind of undercutting as well so it's it's a little confusing I don't, and I think that's where I get caught up, and I'm just kind of like, I don't know how to really feel about this, or what they're really trying to say, or or what. So yeah, this I wasn't a big fan of this track.
5: I
1: I kind of feel like this this song like is the equivalent of like hitting a a shallow pop up to the first baseman. You know, like they 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 wanted, I think they wanted to do something, but they were either in both in the execution and the, you know, just where, where they were when, when they were, uh, when they were making it, it, it just doesn't work. Um, because it, I, I listened to this song several times and I've, you know, looked through the lyrics and I've, and I've tried to kind of come up with that, you know, with whether or not what we've been talking about, you know, is it, is it decrying it or is it excusing it? Um, there's a there's a lyric of girly girl cried rape, and that's usually where I kind of have to say, "Come on, guys!" Yeah, so exactly, you know, and, and and it's a shame because one thing, you know, at the very end they they had that that sample of you know classic example of a date rape, but they cut the classic example of a date, and and, and I see things like that, and, and some of that that first verse from from Tip, uh, the percentile rate of date rape is fat. I just don't think. I just don't think they pulled it off, and it's a shame because it, it it is a good beat. Um, I had the same thought, Blake. That it's. I heard the sample, and I was like, Ugh, and then the beat. Or excuse me, I I heard the. Um, it opens with the classic example, and then the beat comes in, and like, yeah, that's you know this this sounds like how I feel about what this song is going to be like the first time I heard it. So, yeah. um. That, that's really all I have. Um, so we, we should, uh, we should check the rhyme.
3: Well, and <laughs> before you move on, sorry, I, uh, to, to your point, Matt, um, if you want to hear, uh, an example of them doing a, a kind of issue or topic song in a much more mature manner, their last album, the one they put out in 2016, you can definitely tell there's some maturity there and they, they don't necessarily have songs as direct as this one, but they do talk about more like, pertinent issues, and it, it's a lot easier to digest, and it, it, it's it's better for sure. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, Blake, I have a question. Are you on point, Blake?
0: <laughs> uh, what does he say? Oh, all the time, Tim? You, you, you
3: fucked us up. Yeah, yeah. All oh, the time. man. It's all right. Drop it.
6: That way used to make spiffy like Mr. Clean. Um, um, a tidbit, um, a spiggin. I don't get the message, so huh. you
4: got to okay. run the pitch. Your own point five. All the time tip. Your own point five. All the time tip. Your own point five. All the time tip. But then grab the microphone and let your words win. Now here's a funky
6: introduction of how nice I am. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. I'm like liking
3: see. All right. I will not bury the lead here. This is probably my all time favorite tribe song. I'll just throw that out there right now. Um, it was one of the first I ever heard and I still think it's possibly my favorite beat and lyrical rhyming combination. Um, I love it. Anytime there is a fife and tip rhyming back and forth in tandem, like more so than like you do a verse and then I'll do a verse. Like Uh when they kind of do that back and forth thing, I don't, I don't know. I, I love that so much. Um, And as far as background goes, Fife says the original version of this didn't have horns and was actually really dark, like a Mob Deep song, (laughs) but then they added some horns and brightness and it, it kind of, uh, you know, it lightened up a little bit. And, you know, Fife also says that the rhyming between him and Tip going back and forth was pretty natural to them. Um, it was something they had done since they were kids. Um, I feel like this song is just pure fun. Um, it gets sandwiched between kind of two more serious social commentary type of songs, but I, I just uh, this is one of my favorites. I, I can't say enough about it. I, I love it. Well, Josh, uh
2: <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> I have a feeling from maybe this point on, I, I our opinions are going to both to fluctuate. differ. <laughs> okay. We're going to start differing a whole lot. Uh, this song is okay to me it it seems like the whole album could be kind of summed up with this song i feel like i've already heard this song at this point in the album i wouldn't say a trite called quest like bonita but maybe but maybe more (laughs) q typical Uh, it's just kind of middle of the road to me i feel like i'm getting a sense of them getting a little more confident in contrast to the first album. And that's great. Not necessarily arrogant, but you can tell that they know their worth. And I I do like the call and response. And for some reason, that part, Josh, you kept popping into my head. (laughs) I can't really describe it. And I might be able Uh... to better talk about it later, but I, you, you kept popping into my head on this for some reason. I like when the, the beat gets really thick and heavy. That's that's a, a highlight for me. It's another kind of laid-back style, which I, I could use more variety, I feel like. I just feel like by this, mm-hmm. maybe if it were placed earlier in the album, I would have been more into it but by this point i feel like i feel like i've heard this song kind of but it's good i do like the call and response that is very memorable but other than that it's just q typical to me i
3: i also wonder if uh logan you had a subconscious problem with it because um i don't know if anyone caught this but he uh q tip calls out MC hammer oh, in this
2: song yeah
3: yeah and I know I, I know you have an affinity diss-track. for for hammer and
2: I do and I I, I think that's <laughs> that's not fair and if you do your your due research into MC hammer you can come to your own damn conclusions yeah. I've spent the time but yeah yeah like I I don't really
1: appreciate that either
5: <laughs> yeah. Recent,
1: yeah are you talking about recent uh Twitter? Epistemology uh, discourse participant MC Hammer. Uh, Wait, what? What are you talking uh, about? MC Hammer's been on Twitter, you know. I, well, because I think he went to seminary or something. Wouldn't he a preacher yeah. for a while? Yeah, well, he, he is, You know, he has opinions, and and you know, is just engaging on Twitter and and uh, uh, okay. you know, well, making, making I, some, some interesting points. During I don't.
2: I don't know anything about his opinions or political stances or anything like that. I just know how mc hammer came to be and the community that he grew up in and that he kind of brought with him along to take part in his success and and how much he contributed to his community yeah Um, i'd
3: like like to throw in matt you gotta get off twitter man you're getting brain you're gonna get the brain rot from twitter i (laughs) i'm not not
2: on twitter so i don't really i i have no idea anything that goes on twitter Twitter
0: brain is a real thing and i've I've got it a bit and it's man it's toxic I
2: just I, I guess I don't under i well that's a whole nother topic but all right yeah uh,
3: Matt so what are your thoughts on uh, checking the rhyme though
1: uh Logan everything you said is is correct but I don't care Th- this song is I, 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 I can't I can't not like this song I mean you you're you're exactly right it isn't in the right place on the record. I don't think Fife's verses are are quite as compelling. I, I like all of his, I, I like his lyrics, but it's got that kind of more. It's got that less sophisticated cadence to me, uh, which just kind of puts that uh, that kind of you know it, it just gives you a weird taste in your mouth maybe or, or or says huh. But still, as a whole, it it just works so great. Um, the um a tidbit, um a smidgen. It's it just really. You can't help but smile and kind of you know bob your head along with this. Uh, you know, tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. Um, we we were making jokes earlier about uh, that this is uh, five dog for Duracell, but he references Energizer here, so he, yeah. he's making you know he, he's repping <laughs> oh. both battery companies.
5: You can't
3: play both sides, and they were recording at Battery Studios.
1: <laughs> highest bidder, highest, oh, highest bidder. <laughs> They, uh he references uh, push it along and uh, elsa gundo uh,
3: and buddy even... and buddy in that same line the the song buddy by uh daylos. Oh okay yeah yeah yeah. John,
1: yeah. Uh I'm I'm glad you mentioned uh the the, the kind of those breakbeats logan cuz yeah I'm I'm assuming that's uh, Shaheed Muhammad doing the those that scratching that that really makes it um really kick that you, uh, it really comes in hard uh, at those those parts that that you mentioned. But yeah, I uh, with everything that you've said being true and acknowledged, Logan, you, I, I just have to give it up for this one.
0: I dig it. the The back and forth between the two MCs can't be beat. Uh, Josh is right. That is better than just trading verses. It's trading lines, and that, that that's clever shit. Um, I that that horn sample is one of the most recognizable and maybe one of the best samples on the album. And it's just got a cool groove with the the beat and the bongos and the bass. Um, you kind of hear that throughout the album, that combo, but I, it's more it's solidified in a better form here. Maybe it um, got that repetitive, abstract yet catchy hook, which is also a a staple of of this whole record. Not much like it happens a lot on this record. I feel like not much is said in the hook other than maybe repetition of the title and it's it's abstract sounding but still catching us to it record company people are shady i mean Mm -hmm. from duh from his mouth from his mouth to god's ears um (laughs) yeah the mc hammer thing is gonna (laughs) obviously that's gonna rub some people the wrong way uh he's he's drawing a line when he says rap is not pop of course hammer made the crossover big crossover and in, into a pop success. And of course that's going to ruffle some feathers in the rap world. They're purist. Um, yeah, purists as a, uh, self-avowed pop head. I can't be too mad about it though. So I, so I, I'm not going to take sides here. Um, I also noticed Fife name checking all the songs was Fife even on El Segundo though. no, so he, he, I don't, They just talked, <laughs> he just like, <laughs> talked about him, <laughs> but, but like, yeah, he's referencing stuff that he's on, but then El Segundo, it's like, you weren't there, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that jumped out at me. But yeah. Check the rhymes. Pretty good.
3: Cool. Well, uh, that's a fair assessment. And you know, uh, track 10 is everything is fair. i but got
4: jokes queen of the feats thrive to compete love the funky beats while she drove down the street she was justified couldn't get a job had to feed her family so she had to play the mob pulling out the oo listening to doo-wop you don't have to say a word that's all you heard
3: Had to throw the gunshot sounds in there. Um, By the way, this one might sound a little different production-wise, because this beat was actually made by producer Skeff Anselm. Um, Anselm used a Funkadelic song, and uh, he actually notes that his bass is not as high in the mix on this song as he feels like the other ones on this album are. Um, He feels like he mixed his bass a little lower. Lyrically Q-tips the sole rapper on this track, and he claims the lyrics... Were about a real person that he knew. Um, I definitely enjoy this one. It's, it's a different sound and feel than the rest of the album. And it's kind of a contender for me for don't sleep on it. It's it was, a, it was a slow grower for me, but once I got into it, I, I actually really enjoy this
1: track. I was slow to it as well. Um, I kind of find that that first sample, the 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 main everything is fair when you're living in the city. I that I find that kind of grating, mm. but yes. it, but it kind of fades in with that other. Beat, and that's when it really picks up. Uh, picks up for me. I love the sax sample, the boom, down, 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 that that they throw in uh, here and there. It's just so weird and kind of uh, out of left field. Um, other than that, I I really don't have I don't have a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, I don't know that I've warmed up to it as much as you have, Josh. But I but I've warmed more more than where I was when I first heard it.
0: Yeah, the, that sample also graded on me. It weirds me out. You, did you say it was a Funkadelic?
3: Yeah, <laughs>
5: is
0: that it, correct? it is a Funkadelic sample. I think there are too many repetitions, of, uh, especially at the beginning. Um, I was going to try to sing it, but I don't think I can. It's, it's just bizarre. And it, I'm glad you pointed out it was a different producer on this one, because I couldn't quite put my finger on why this one has a different sound. I'm not sure I like the different sound. <laughs> um this one isn't all that memorable to me. I it I wasn't sure what the song was about. Maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention to the lyrics and someone else can fill me in.
3: It's like that Fly um, to the Concord song, Inner City Pressure. You
0: mm, know? Yeah, okay, well that's all you had to say, now I know. <laughs> There's some kind of almost subliminal low-in-the-mix chatter happening after the first chorus, and I, I didn't catch what that was, but mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else did. It's like some talking back and forth weird affected voices that i could barely hear or or i hallucinated it i don't know yeah, uh
2: all. matt and blake i definitely am in the same camp with you guys as uh they go overboard with the sample it <laughs> grated on me as well <laughs> like i Bonita? It, Bonita. it drove Bonita. me Bonita. crazy because Here's the thing: is like I initially like it. I'm like, oh, that's cool, but then it just keeps going,
5: <laughs> and
2: then later when I've stopped playing it, I keep on like,
5: everything is We're <laughs> yeah. the
2: center, you know. And I'm just like, I, I, it won't stop. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm getting I know getting annoyed now. Uh But I appreciate to say some good things. I appreciate their brand of social commentary with lyrics that are conscious and descriptive they have a lot to say and i really appreciate the drive and responsibilities that i'm sure that they they now have as kind of you know uh taking it up a notch with this album and and in fame it it sounds like a crime story going down in the city and maybe that chatter that you hear maybe that's people out on the street maybe that's you know, people are around that this crime happens or something. I can almost yeah. just get this. It's a populated area, kind of feel, and something's going down. Um, it's it's a decent track with a story, um, but it again, it's not a big standout to me. To me, again, I'm I'm feeling a little Q typical on this, <laughs> but it, it is different too. At the same time, I didn't know the the different producers, so yeah, that mm-hmm. that's it, interesting. It yeah. it is
1: presaged in uh, excursions. They 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 do talk about everything being fair or everything is fair so it it, it is kind of neat that they that they laid oh, the groundwork cool. for it
5: Hmm.
0: okay
3: all right let's go to track 11 jazz parentheses we've got pay
4: attention it's not hard to decipher and after the horns, you can check out not the jazz,
6: I
3: I am interested, by the way, before I get into my background, to hear your guys' thoughts on this one, because I feel like this, this is one that is repetitive and also sounds similar to ones we've already heard on this album, so... I'm interested here. Uh, similar to last song, by the way. This beat uh, was not made by a member of Tribe. This was made by uh, a guy named Pete Rock, who was an East Coast producer. I kind of feel like this one could almost be a thesis song for the group, uh, considering the use of jazz samples on this album. In a way, it kind of harkens back to the first two tracks on this album, Excursions and Buggin' Out. Um, Lyrically, Fife does his usual name-dropping. In this case, he also gives a shout-out to fellow members of Tribe, as well as Skef Anselm, the producer on the last track. Um, The song also got the group, by the way, into some hot water due to fife's lyrics apparently the line fife says about strictly hardcore not new jack swing pissed the group rex in effect off um who punched q-tip after a run dmc concert in 1993 apparently Lord. over the song um my feelings on this song is it it's a worthy addition to their lineage of smooth jazz songs on the album um, I, I would also like to tell everybody to point uh, to check out the music video for this one if you haven't. It's an artsy kind of black and white video at first that then at the end yeah. segues into Bugging Out, which is very colorful and has Fife wearing plastic eyeballs, which was mentioned earlier. <laughs> Blake, what do you think about jazz we've
0: got? Um, well, I like it. This is one of these title tracks without being a title track um is this the only one where they say low end theory within the lyrics oh, I, the I
2: titular find that. track
0: yeah exactly the titular track i always find that interesting uh, album titles Im- embedded in lyrics um uh, who I don't know who Pete Rock is but I've got to thank him for that snare sound. Um I think it's my favorite on the record. You have a name like Pete and,
2: Rock it better sound great.
5: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You
0: better you better come correct if you're calling yourself Rock. Um yeah, that I even though the beat is simple and repetitive, I do kind of love it on this one. It's mostly about that those drums and that snare. I love that the snare is actually tuned to the beat, the snare is in tune or to the to the music of the sample. It's in tune with it, and I I I think it just flows great that way. Um, it's got some cool lyrical stuff going on. Talk of of resurrectors and waking up the dead, which is which comes up a few times on the album, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, tips. Okay, so Tips says his breakfast is grits and porgies. Is that this album's version of ham and eggs or? Is that what he prefers <laughs> in, instead of ham and eggs? I don't know. Fife's doing the the sort of Trinidadian accent, uh, a, a tribute to dance hall type stuff. Um, that, that 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 sounds kind of cool. Um, and the, one of the most interesting interesting things here is that Fife, within the song, actually gives us instructions on how to purchase. And listen to this album. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about going down and picking up the tape or or whatever. And then he tells you to make sure you have uh, the nice big speakers (laughs) to blast it. The very album that we're listening to now, it's like, dude, I already got it. (laughs) It's like
2: be sure to listen to this album through headphones or like through the best. Maybe he was thinking of
0: the music video already, you know? Yeah, this was a single. Yeah. Yeah. That did that that did crack me up. And yeah, the, the video was interesting. Artsy, man. They were like walking through a park and shit in black and white.
2: Mm. Mm. Jazz. We've got it. I think by this point, we've got it. They have jazz. <laughs> they have the jazz. Uh, I don't have beef with this song. Uh, the abundance of jazz is welcome, and it works conceptually. But I, again, feel like I've already heard this track. But I do dig the smooth sample. The sample itself is good, and when you when you focus in on it and listen to it, you're like, oh, yeah, this th- it's great. But overall, when I'm reflecting on the album as a whole, I, I just kind of see it as blending in with some of the others. Um, Jeep Watch. Hello, Jeep oh, Watch. Oh, <laughs> really? So uh, I do feel that there is a vibe of hipster condescension in this album
5: mm.
2: <laughs> it's not a bad thing but it's clear that they feel pretty advanced to the common rhymesters or listeners in some kind of way like it is kind of over my head we're not necessarily over my head i get what they're saying yet i feel an air of elitism even if it is well deserved i just didn't have a lot for me to connect with with this one i just i don't know <laughs> this yeah. one just kind of fell
1: flat for me I, i've got three words uh ali Shahid, muhammad uh the scratching uh to to get into this is you know r- really made me perk up once again i mean yes i, I this is kind of more of the same but they keep giving us uh you know great great tracks so I, this this one you know wor- works for me very well uh, I like that they're they're calling back to um, people's instinctive travels, rhythm uh, devoted to the art of moving butts. Is that where they do they do the uh, we've got the rhythm?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. I, I didn't think of that. I, I love that they bring. Uh, I love that they bring that back. I'm glad that you picked that clip because the after the horns you can check out the fifer. Uh, that that's such a mm-hmm. great you know kind of last uh, lyric that that throws it to the horns and and then for the other. Uh,
3: it's kind of like on the first album, the whole uh, sample, sing the score on. I can't remember what yeah, song was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Throwing it to the sample, you know. Uh,
1: and and I, I love the uh, the, the Caribbean um, cadence there for a minute. Uh, I didn't know about the beef with with New Jack Swing <laughs> with um,
3: Rex and Effect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well. Yeah, they're they're kings. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're, I mean, we I guess still talk about them. Unlike thing.
3: MC Hammer, they took offense at tribes <laughs> uh, gate, gatekeeping hip hop here by you know I, saying mm.
1: these other hip hop doesn't work. I don't know. I, I kind of like New Jack Swing, but but that's just me. <laughs> uh, yeah. But well, yeah, I,
2: yeah, it does seem like they're kind of gatekeeping they a are. little bit with uh, yeah. other like. There's just all these other rappers that just aren't as good, and they yeah, they're probably right. Maybe yeah. they are, uh, but. It just doesn't look good when you're saying that
0: stuff. (laughs) I I think it's a very a very twenty year old attitude. Yeah, yeah. I was
1: about to say I'm. I I think back to attitudes that I had at at that age, and you know, it's it's easier to see.
3: Well, I also think there's a certain you do a certain braggadocio, you know, in hip hop of like a little bit of like you know dissing other people, you know. Uh, Maybe maybe I'm wrong on that, but it just feels like that's sort of a common trope, you know. Yeah, I guess I was a little.
2: I feel like they didn't really do that on the first album, so on this yeah. album, it was kind of like...
3: Maybe they didn't feel like they had the confidence yet, you know, like they didn't have to feel like that's Well, yeah,
2: that's kind of I feel like. They're more confident on this album, but there's just this air, I don't know. More Ar- cocky. Arrogance? It's, it's this cocky,
1: yeah, kind of air. I was In really glad to hear the uh, they switched to like a lo-fi demo of uh, the last part of the Buggin' Out reprise. Right, uh, I, I I thought that was uh, I, I thought on that the was video, cool. you mean? Uh, yeah, I like that. Nice. Too.
3: Well, let's uh let's learn about the importance of a sky page. Twenty
6: four seven from Dustin's dawn. If you're in Costa Rica on a sunlit beach, you read for the viper. I can't be reached. A number of importance. I just put it on lock. You leave for sixty nine. I meet you once. And
3: so while some of the songs in this album are dated by their attitudes towards women this one's dated by its reference to technology. <laughs> uh, Sky was a brand of pager, I get from what I can tell, um, which uh, a vital communication tool in the early '90s. Uh, young people may not remember what a pager was. Uh, musically, what's weird is this song actually samples a Ron Carter bass line. Um, you know, so he plays <laughs> live on verses from the abstract, but he's actually sampled on this one. And there's also a another kind of hidden reference to the next album on this one, because the the automated female voice here um, is is very reminiscent of the automated female voice we'll hear on Midnight Marauders. Genius claims it's the same woman uh, doing the I saw voice, that. but I don't want to say that for sure because I haven't checked that source out. I don't know if that you know that's true. But... It sounds
0: like they just sampled the actual like phone recordings right
3: um overall i I, this one's sort of middling to low tier for me it's not a central listening on this album i feel like but um that's that's just me uh logan oh wait this is where our opinions differ so let's see if logan does your Uh, opinion does your opinion differ from me that this is not that great
2: um no actually we we're we're okay we're in line we're about on this uh, the same uh, I like the dial tone and the phone samples. That's mm, what really yeah. w- in whatever the flutey sample is, I think that works. I, I I like that kind of experimentation. We haven't really heard anything quite like that from them yet, so I, I was open to that. And I like that Fife is much more active on this album. You know, at this point I'm 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 glad that he's He's here, he has a lot of skill, and he's definitely a different personality from Tip, I feel like. Um, but not much else to say on this one. I don't know. I just kind of, yeah. you know... Eh, I feel whatever. you. Matt?
1: Food Watch, they're eating cacciatore and lime. Um, I don't really know what cacciatore is, but uh, lime seems like a, maybe a weird thing to put on it. Um, I think... <laughs> I, I was talking earlier about... Um, a track hitting, uh, shallow fly ball to the infielder. I feel like this is kind of a, uh, um, ground out, not a ground out. No, a, a, <laughs> a hit one up through the middle. Um, I, I think this, this song works better than, than, than it maybe ha- has a right to, uh, I really like the, the phone tones in, in the chorus. I think that that's great. Um, what drew me in is the, um, uh, the, the brushes beat. Uh, it's just a, you know, a really interesting way to kind of ma- um, uh, Make a sample rather than just you know really hard break beats. They they've got that that brush pattern that um, that really kind of shuffles and, and and gives it an interesting feel. Um, my wife and I like to watch The Golden Girls sometimes, and uh, mm-hmm. they they make uh, Donald Trump jokes on The Golden Girls. And mm. <laughs> any any t- you know uh, Home Alone two. Any any time somebody makes a Donald <laughs> Trump reference in any media yeah. before. 2015 that it, it's it's just going to put me in a weird place i i can't help yeah. it and uh fife uh now he he's repping duracell so um <laughs> i i just uh, by the way
3: you didn't say the lie he he says beepers going off like don trump getting checks that's the
0: yeah that's the reference yes there. yeah this, this was when people thought that D- donald trump had money there's, there's this, <laughs> lie, this lie going around that he was rich So I dig this beat. I think it is, I like how it's upbeat and energetic and I think it kind of goes hard. The lyrics are just weird as hell (laughs) as we've touched on. Um, I mean, it's kind of clever and funny talking about pagers and stuff, but it, it, I just, I did write, is is this commercial? They're just talking about how handy the sky pager is. And they, you know, (laughs) they use a brand name and everything. Um, I remember Biggie, uh, Biggie Smalls also once referenced Sky Brand pagers, uh, but I guess it was just a big thing at the time um, on the East Coast. Uh, when Fife says the S in Sky Page really stands for sex, like <laughs> what? it's so weird. Um, uh, yeah, conceptually, a pager is so complex. Like what?
1: <laughs> whether you're being paged by a g or a business pal sky
5: pager <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like
0: that sounds like ad copy bro um i notice i think at this point i start to notice it's either just five or maybe both of them they're using the word vex a lot um and i don't know if that's i don't know what to make of it but the word it's weird that the word vexed comes up again and again um yeah, the it's not just that he he name drops Duracell; it's that he he talks about how how long lasting it is <laughs> and the the benefits of Duracell batteries. Oh, and leave code sixty nine. That means you want some, and there's a blank space where we're supposed to say cock. And then I like that the song ends because his all his messages are full. His page is full. It is short and sweet, uh, and it, the, I like that this album again it's lean short and sweet songs for the most part there's no filler here i do dig the beat though well you know how we like
3: to lead into the next song with a question um i, I feel like the, the next song it gives me a lot of options but i, I, I what pick one in particular you're <laughs> right what get to track 13 <laughs> what Black nation without black unity. What is a child
4: who doesn't know puberty? What is my label when I exit womb status? What's menace a trois? Or that is what is sex when you have three people? What are laws if they ain't fair and equal? What's clock Kent without a telephone booth? What is a liquor if it ain't eighty proof? What are the youth if they ain't rebelling? What's Ralph Cramden if he ain't yelling? At Ed Norton. What is
5: Coke Snorton?
3: What- Even a more dated reference, by the way, now that I think about it. <laughs> um, so this this q tip solo song was apparently considered as a possible first single by the label, but rejected in favor of of Check the Rhyme. Uh, I don't think it would make a great single. I I do have to say, and and Logan, I feel like you probably called this one, I feel like this is an excellent deep cut. Uh, It's the type Uh, of track... Oh, okay. We do have... Okay. It's the type (laughs) of track you could drop on a mixtape for someone that's kind of fun and enjoyable without any context. And this was one of the first ones I really gravitated towards on this album um, when I first picked it up. I remember putting it on, and this was the one I kind of was like, ooh, this is catchy. But yeah, dated references galore. Uh, Arsenio Hall Show comes again. I have to mention that one. Um, I I know that someone else probably, Matt, you probably had that down in your notes. Sorry. But yeah, I I enjoyed this one. Uh, Matt, what do you think about
1: what? I was uh, drawn to this one as well. Um, It's just kind of, you know, it's got a really simple beat and it's real quick in and out, um, and, and, and just fun. And, and I like that they're that they're going big and they're going small, you know, they're talking about, um, what's Alex Haley, uh, without roots. What's a fat man without food in his gut. What's a pence. If you don't have a shilling, um, you know, just it, it's, it's almost kind of like, um, you know, an exercise that, that you might do. Um, and, and I think he even kind of alludes to that, um, towards the end where uh you know you just you keep going with it uh, well there's also so, kind of
3: a jeopardy reference i don't know if you caught that when he i, I left at the when he says what is menage a trois or something about menage a trois. they says what is sex with three people like i feel like it's yeah. a jeopardy kind of <laughs> nod there you know
1: uh but yeah, I I really liked it. Um, you know, what's the lollipop without the good ship? I got five or six of them. Uh, you know, <laughs> written written down here. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, and I agree, it's it's a great deep cut. You know, kind of it, it would not have been a good single, I don't think. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, very weird. Uh, but it's a fun it's a fun track for the record.
0: Yeah, it's a weird one. It is kind of less of a song, more of an exercise because it's it's one continuous tip verse uninterrupted uh no hook um entirely rhetorical questions and then it suddenly ends and the everyone shouts what at the same time which is kind of a a neat way to end it um another short song i did want to ask okay what is what that instrument yeah what my my question my what question is what is that funky instrument that um it's used in a lot of funk and disco and stuff i think it's called Uh, guitar. guitar chord guitar clavichord okay it's like it has a wah on it but it's a keyboard or
1: something yeah the the stevie wonder sounding keyboard yeah i, I think it's called a
0: clavichord that sounds right that sounds right yeah it's the that fast flow and that that funkiness i, I do kind of dig that that weird four second long pause in oh there, yeah silence dougie fresh said silence what would be my penal cord if it wasn't brown? What? What <laughs> this means? What? What that? Mean. What that mean? What?
5: What this mean? <laughs> Can
0: someone tell me? Uh, what my penal cord? The gym? Oh, I don't know. I mean, don't <laughs> the gym? Yeah. Anyway, it. Let's just say that this left me with with more questions <laughs> than answers.
1: Wow. Some jerkhead uh, without I'm... greed and glamour. I'm leg- oh, that was
2: a good one. That was
1: a good one. I'm my leg- favorite, I think.
2: legitimately surprised at all three of you. Like I, f- I felt like this one was going to go down as like I'm the only one that's going to like this one. The three of them are going to hate it. And, uh, but no, I said this is kind of fun and different. I like that it's upbeat. It's seemingly rhetorical and stream of conscious con- consciousness. And I love that it's posing questions rather than statements. Um, that's just kind of lyrical content that i'm here for uh, there's also no kind of hook so i kind of like it which i had my notes sorry josh which means josh will probably <laughs> skip this one <laughs>
3: <laughs> well also
2: its placement on the
3: album would lead you to believe exactly I i'm it. like I, i'm, I'm a, like this is late in the album skipping late in the album so
2: this has no hook <laughs> Josh doesn't, it, it's not even like, it's just asking questions and isn't about <laughs> anything or going anywhere. Josh is not going to like this one. But yep. I, I'm no, legitimately I surprised. I liked it. Well, that's, I'm surprised that all four of us like this song. That's cool.
3: There's usually a <laughs> moment of fine. consensus, by the way, somewhere on, on these episodes. Usually there's at least once that we're all like, yeah, we all agree on this. So.
2: my My line that, uh, you kind of touched on this, Matt, but my favorite line was, uh, What is a compound without an element? It, that, that was my favorite favorite little bit mm-hmm. there. But that's mm-hmm. all I had to add. <laughs> Science. 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 All right. Well, here we go.
3: <laughs> here we go, yo. Let's go to tr- the last track, track 14, probably the best known one on this album, Scenario. Here we go, yo. So
6: what's, so what's, so what's the scenario? Here we go, yo. Jack, rap. Well what do you know? The dead is first up to bat. no included and no strings attached. No, no time for move to get the loot so I can bring home the bacon.
3: So this was a, a difficult one to clip. Uh cutting something's yeah, tricky when the song sick. includes multiple memorable parts. Uh there's the hook that starts the song and really doesn't come back. Uh there's Fife's memorable verse, and of course what's widely considered the coming out party for Busta Rhymes. Uh, his whole verse at the end also features uh, Charlie Brown and Dinko D from uh, leaders of the new school. This is sometimes called the greatest posse cut of all time. A posse cut is a rap song that has like a whole bunch of people on it. And uh, the MCs that that joined them, I already mentioned their names. Um, Apparently leaders of the new school had been put together by Chuck D rhymes was only 16 when he and tip met. So he was pretty young And apparently there are multiple versions of this song that they did, including one with Jerobe White rapping that I would love to hear. Uh, But apparently they ultimately went with the first version with Leaders in the New School. Um, I I thought it was interesting. Fife said in an interview that he secretly wanted to go first on this song because he knew that DJs cut songs short and they might just cut the rest of it. (laughs) So he was like, I'll go first so that if they cut it. Uh, I'm still in it. I, 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 just love it a lot. Um, not only cause of the rhyming and the great beat, but it ends the album with a shot of energy. That's a, a contrast to the laid back nature of songs like jazz or excursions.
0: Yeah. I thought it was a great track. There's so much going on that there's too much for, it would take too much time for me to say everything I want to <laughs> say, but. I'll focus on some some choice lines. Um,
3: I hope there's one line did, you mentioned in particular. I, I've I've got it clipped here, but I'm waiting to see if anyone else wants to mention it first. So go uh, ahead. What do you got? Clipped?
0: Well, I got a few. Uh, I mean, of course, Five said this, but bust a nut inside <laughs> your eye to see where I come from.
3: Yeah, that's it, the one
0: I got. <laughs> I'm just I'm just shaking my head. He and he says something about being vexed again. I mean, the the sample the beat is just is great on this one. So. <laughs> The leaders of the new school, right? Which I guess the only one we know about now is Busta Rhymes, mm-hmm. uh, I think. I guess there was a guy named Charlie Brown, which is <laughs> yeah. a pretty funny rapper name. <laughs> yeah. And I had to uh, call attention to. So he he does this part where the beat drops out and he says, who's that? In reference to himself, Brown. <laughs> and I was like, Snoop, wait a minute. Is Snoop, Snoop Dogg related? <laughs> I was like, I've heard this before. And I'll I'll drop in the part where we're in this song where he says, who's that brown?
6: Brown.
0: But the reason I had heard it is because um, uh, of a a, a rap group, a duo I used to like called uh, Das Racist. I still like them, but they broke up a while ago (laughs) and they turned who's that brown into a whole track and it's kind of ridiculous and they're they're kind they're pretty jokey but i if i could just play a little segment here Mm. to oh yeah give you an idea of the insanity they made out of who's that brown
6: who's
2: that brown Brown.
6: who's that brown Brown. who's that brown
0: And it just ah, it goes from there. <laughs> that was your it's intro like, music. What the earlier. fuck was happening there? <laughs> yeah, like I highly recommend checking out Das Racist. That's what they're called. Uh, the whole, I mean, Busta. Like I could talk forever about Busta's long verse, whatever you want to call give it. Give me some more. It goes back and forth with what's that? <laughs> give he me said, some give more. Give me some more. Yeah, it's just so like we we still we still talk about and reference shit from this verse. I don't want to take it all, but I mean, like, Chickity Choco the chocolate chicken?
5: <laughs> like,
0: bare naked ladies, anyone?
5: Um, By the way, not, you said not,
0: still reference that song's like
5: 20 years
0: old. <laughs> well, okay. All right. I'll have you. And also, that the Dust Racist um, song I just played, they also reference Chickity Choco the chocolate chicken in that song. There, there is a more recent, um, the Nicki Minaj one, right? It, doesn't she yeah, say Mickey the Minaj. Dungeon Dragon line at one point, which is from Buster Yeah. Uh, when he says, the rhythm is in sync, the rhymes are on time, Is I want to know when the first recorded example of a triplet in rap is, because that was wild right there. That That's the earliest one I've heard, I think. Huh. And one of the last things he says is, I got to know, when he says, ripping up the sound like Horatio, if if he's saying... Horatio Hornblower ripping up the sound, the body of water... then that may be oh, man. the most that may be the smartest line ever in hip hop. Wow I did com- a deep that ra- that, w- that came from genius that's somebody's theory on genius but if that's true that's fucking incredible <laughs> yeah
2: someone else should go off Lester on Lester rhyme sp- loves
3: Horatio uh, Hornblower yeah. yeah
2: exactly I don't think I have quite the the perspective Blake does but uh I have definitely enjoyed that. Uh, this one is a little more upbeat obviously I like the reference to the boom bip uh yeah that's that's a nice little throwback to the first album that you know we've've we've, we've heard some throwbacks at this point I like the variety of rhymes on this track it seems much more exciting to me The Buster rhyme cameo is obviously fantastic and, and he has a great energy overall it's a very enjoyable track and it moves along at a good cadence it's kind of a strange closer to me in some way though it's Mm -hmm. not a deal breaker but it i guess i kind of imagine that it would have been more like i feel like this would have been placed maybe in the middle of the album or something and it would have been more of a a, the classic tribe you know closing the album on more of a maybe an intimate note or just more of on a a social commentary or something or saving something for last. But I do appreciate that the uh, the final push at the end is a kind of some big energy. So that's, that's appreciated too.
1: Yeah, they were, uh, we're really causing some rambunction throughout the sphere with with this track. (laughs) Uh, this one, um, really in in strong, uh, as i said before I, i'm a big fan uh, of an ensemble track uh you know i'm uh, i love wu-tang uh, wu-tang was i think 93 so uh, a couple years after this but i, I you know down for in any, any ensemble track that you're going to put in front of me um we haven't talked about the video there's a really uh, neat video where they're kind of it's almost like a uh a, an early video game, um, you know, kind of pick your fighter type situation, um, or scenario, as you might say, uh, there's a little, yeah. little bit of food still, uh, they talk about tacos. And then I didn't know this till I was just looking over, uh, in Busta's verse, he, he does, uh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, eating it'll stew like the one Peter Tosh. Uh, I guess it'll stew is a, um, a Rastafarian, uh, or, it's a uh, a dish that that eat, hmm. according to Wikipedia here. But or excuse me, uh, oh. genius here. But uh, yeah, raw, ra like a dun- dungeon dragon. Um, there, there's too many good lines, uh, like Br- Blake said, uh, to, to go. I don't have a lot of notes because I, I just listen to them. um you know,
2: are uh, we all just like have genius pulled up right now? Is that what's <laughs> happening?
1: <laughs> I don't.
2: I did, I did when I wrote the notes. I don't now.
0: Okay. Yeah,
3: it's a good tool. Look at the lyrics and kind of go like, "What's this mean?" Well, I I mean, I have I have it pulled up. I do want to point out a a pretty dated reference. I feel like if you weren't alive in the early nineties, you have no idea what Fife's intro line about "Bo knows this, Bo knows that."
5: Oh (laughs) yeah, like it's so dated.
3: Like you had to be there for the commercial campaign of Bo Jackson. (laughs) With Bo knows, you know, baseball. Bo knows this. It's like.
0: I love that he says, Bo don't know Jack. He's <laughs> Bo don't know rap.
3: But it's like, wow, you got the Arsenio Hall show and Bo Jackson. just takes you right back to
1: 1991.
3: <laughs> Matt, did you have any other thoughts?
1: Uh, well, it was interesting. Five said he's he's no batteries included th- this time around. Oh, he pulled out short, dark, and handsome, which is kind of facile, but I, I bust think... Bust a just nut inside your <laughs> eye, though. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Let, let's return <laughs> to that.
3: Thank out. you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the follow-up line after you said handsome. Like, the next line is, bust a nut inside <laughs> your eye to show you where I come from.
1: Uh, uh. Well, uh, no, that that is all that I had uh, on this, but it's a great, great track.
3: Alright, let's let's uh, let's get to our superlatives. Uh, Blake, you got that queued up? Tiger, tiger. All right, so my banger, I, 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 considering how much praise I heaped on this one should not be a surprise. I, I, I'm going to go with Check the
1: Rhyme. I don't know that it's entirely fair because it's an ensemble track, but nothing bangs harder than Scenario.
0: Yeah, I'll, I have to second Scenario. It, it's a save the best for last album to me.
2: Uh, I'm going to take a, a different turn and go with Buggin' Out. Mm. Ooh. Buggin' Out.
3: Don't all right, my don't sleep on it, and I'm interested to see if anyone else chooses this This one is what. what? Okay.
1: I considered uh, what, but um, my don't sleep is vibes and stuff.
0: I wanted to say jazz or rhyme, but they're like already singles. So I'm actually going to say show business
2: mm. against all odds. Uh, Matt, you and I are in unison on vibes and stuff. Mm, we're vibing all right
3: all right we'll see if there's a uh, consensus here i'm going to infamous date rape (laughs) yeah just just skip infamous date rape matt you say same okay blake oof now i feel like a well i i originally had sky pager i will say i originally sky pager Uh but then i had to think about i'm like i'm gonna go infamous date rape just based on content as well
0: even though infamous date rape grosses me out I, I, for skip, I said bugging out because oh, it shit. drives me, what? it drives me fucking nuts, oh, man. I can, dude, my brain can't cool do it. I'm sorry. Cool about it.
2: about it's it, that the Bonita Applebum for Blake. But I don't, I don't like that. Well, but you can't control all the beats in the world. It's I, Blake's Bonita Applebum. I have to control everything. I have to control. I'm a control <laughs> right. freak, baby. Logan, what you're skipping? Uh, I'm also, well, okay, here, here's the deal. I'm not going to say skip infamous date rape. Uh, I think that there's, it's definitely something to listen to that you can come up with your own conclusion on. Uh, but it's probably, now that I've heard it, I'm probably going to skip over it in the future. So that is my skip it. But I, I would say give it a give it a listen, see what it has to say, and form your own opinion, and then go from there.
0: Okay. I should have said that to make it unanimous. Anyway.
2: It was either that, or it was going to be something like jazz we've got it <laughs> i yeah. just, mm. i i could see that i mean it, it is a bit repetitive and
3: and similar to um you
2: know, but my first thought was just like <laughs> infamous date rape isn't just it's just not really enjoyable for me to listen to but i yeah. get it you know sort of
3: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah on, baby,
3: all right i i like this one i i'm gonna say we do our own posse cut and we do scenario and we invite like every other band we know <laughs> to come drop a verse. It's, it's the ham and to eggs to do of this scenario, album. you know? We just all of everybody in a room together, you know, dry, trading lines and that kind of thing. I, I want to pull that off. Um, I don't know. In all seriousness, the one that I've actually thought like would be pretty fun to just. If I had more confidence and ability to uh, to actually do any sort of rapping, which I don't at all, like I've always thought, check right. the rhyme would be a pretty fun karaoke song if you could find someone that would actually like do it with you. But I I mm-hmm. would never ever unless I was blackout drunk, I guess.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna jump in real quick, even if it's not my turn, just <laughs> to, to tail end here. You on wanna Josh. see me, dude? So <laughs> I don't even like this track a whole lot. But I said, check the rhyme because I want Josh to do all of Fife's parts.
6: <laughs> uh, I just,
2: I just want to hear Josh be like, either like um, all the time, Tip, or all the time, Matt, or all the time, Blake, all the time,
0: Logan Josh, <laughs> Josh and Logan throwing the karaoke mic back and forth to each other.
2: Like, yeah. just that's Josh. That's what I was referencing earlier okay. when I was like, well, "I thought of you feel, during this the song." Way, uh, okay. So
3: funny story about that. I when I was making the history clips for the last few episodes, I, I found you know one of the things that, to use as background music is the karaoke versions of stuff. So I actually have checked the rhyme karaoke version, and one time <laughs> I was playing it, I was trying to get Beth. To- <laughs>
2: So you're like, <laughs> she was all the like, time, Beth. What the hell? All the time, like I would be bet. like, like
3: yawn point, Tip. And she was like, what? And I'm like, yawn point. And then she was,
2: See, <laughs> she just kind of looked at me. I'm
3: like, we're never going to do this for karaoke. Check the what?
2: There's some mental waves <laughs> yeah. going on here. I-, I picked up on something. Uh-huh. That's why you popped in my brain. You
3: did, yeah. Oh, in my kitchen, me trying to get Beth to do that. Uh, who's <laughs> uh, Matt? Blake? Sorry. I don't know that cover? I can do
1: anything but endorse this. I <laughs>
0: So you're you're also saying yeah. check the rhyme uh, just for uh, me yes. doing
3: MCing, okay?
0: I mean, yeah, that that also sounds good. My re I, my real answer is I think it's ill advised to cover any of these, and we should sure. not, right? But but um, hypothetically, I'm gonna f- <laughs> yeah, hypothetically for funzos, I'm gonna say show business. We change a few choice words to make it okay. <laughs> okay. And we for all the kids it our in our audience. And make it...
5: <laughs>
0: yeah, we get some we get some anger out about how we hate the show business. I think you just want to say your lyrics is butt. I think you just. Wanna... <laughs> I do. I want to talk about how every other band has butt lyrics.
3: All right. Well, let's uh let's sum it up here. I'm going to talk real quickly about the uh critical take on this album, and then we'll get into our thoughts. So, the Low End Theory is widely considered to be one of the best albums of all time. Ranked number forty-three on Rolling Stone's five hundred greatest albums of all time, Pitchfork Media gave it fifty-sixth greatest album of the nineties. It's in both a thousand and one albums to hear before you die books I use. Um, it's worth noting, by the way, that Rolling Stone actually moved the album up on its two thousand three list. It was in the hundreds, and then in the two thousand twenty list, it was in it was number forty-three. So they actually thought it improved with time. Um, despite its seemingly universal acclaim status, I actually think the album is more uneven than people maybe give it credit for, uh, or give it too much credit. Uh, it's it's kind of uneven, I think, to me. Um, when it's good, it's better than pretty much every other Tribe song. Uh, Check the Rhyme, Excursions, Scenario, bugging Out to Me are all classic Tribe songs that show way more growth and musical prowess than anything on people's instinctive travels. Um, But on the other hand, there's some things that have aged pretty poorly. Obviously, you've got outdated references like Arsenio Hall and the Bo Jackson commercial and pagers. Um, But on the heavier side, there's also some of the stuff about attitudes towards women, which, while more progressive than their peers at the time, don't really hold up to modern standards or scrutiny. Um, All that being said, I, I think this is still the one I would hand to people if you wanted to know what Tribe was about. This is the album I think you would you would kind of give to them. And when I tallied it up, I liked 12 of the 14 songs on the album, only really skipping Sky Pager, Infamous Date Rape." So that's an 85% or 4 out of 5 New Balance sneakers.
1: I think that this is kind of them coming into their own, uh, you know, the, everybody who's so young, you know, making these records. And uh, from, what I, from what I've read, uh, it... Wasn't recorded that much long. after. Hey Matt, sorry,
3: I'm going to jump in real quick. Beth is here. Hey Beth,
1: yon point tip. All
3: the time, five. You did it. She did it. She actually got it. I don't know if the <laughs> mic picked it up, but she actually threw it in.
0: Sorry, I had to add that in. Now do now do that with your
3: kids. I actually do sometimes, <laughs> but they're in bed, so I can't do that. All right, Matt, I'm sorry I interrupted your thoughts on the album. Go
1: ahead. That's all right. It's good. Um, it's uh, it's a, an improvement from uh. Uh, from people's instinctive travels it's it's a a progression and and a maturing in styles if not necessarily in content i'm gonna give it four sky pagers
0: i agree with a lot of what josh said the highs on this are higher than um the highs of um their first record and the lows are lower. And the first record was kind of at, at this kind of one clip, uh, one vibe and it went down real smooth. This one was harder to listen to for me, despite having the better reputation. I did enjoy a lot of it. it. And I've listened to a lot of it over the last two weeks. I think I really want a third week to like, um, really, um, let this, simmer with me in, in my brain um because it's difficult like it, it's so much more sparse and minimalist than the first record which i really liked musically so there's less musically to grab onto but you can tell that their their craft has matured that everything is more uh, has more polish and that the samples are just a little better done more cleaned up so what I'm saying is, I think we should come back in a week and do this again the second time. Um, no, not you're not on point. Super like... difficult to rate. Yeah, I'm you're not, not on, on point. point. My rating's not on point. I said, I gave it a controversial
2: 3.5 Duracells. Hmm. So you all have uh, brought up some great points and. And, and Josh and Blake, I, I feel like I'm kind of, I'm with you. I'm torn uh, with this listen and this album. This album had me all over the place. In some ways, I like this album more than the first one. There's more Fife, there's a cool jazz vibe, and even an even more confident tribe. Yet in some ways, I like the first one better. Low End Theory has a different tone, but also a bit of condescension with a small handful of off-putting lyrics that i have no doubt aren't comparable to some of their contemporaries necessarily uh the first album had a similar single note tone with a couple of tracks that changed things up and i feel like they are definitely changing things up with this one but it's also at the same time kind of one note to me The beats and the rhymes are solid. I dig the jazz samples, but it starts to slowly kind of wear on me a little bit when I listen to it. So, all that being said, I liked about 10 out of the 14 tracks. So, that lands me about 71% or 3.5 lyrics composed of butt.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Butt lyrics. All right, well, uh, that sums up our feelings on the low-end theory, and and you can let us know what you think about that on our Twitter and uh, our our Facebook and all our social stuff, which you'll hear about in a second. Next episode, we will be doing a pregame episode for Midnight Marauders, um, and in that episode, we'll be discussing our favorite three-peats. So we will see you then. Thanks for listening. Once again, thank you for listening, liking, downloading, subscribing, sharing, reviewing, following, and supporting. This has been another episode of More of That Presents Discographology. You can find us on multiple platforms such as Apple, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify. To link up with our social media, visit at moreofthatband on Facebook, at Pod on Twitter, and at moreofthatpresents on Instagram. We also have a YouTube channel for more of that presents discography. As a band, we write and record our own music that can be found on streaming platforms like YouTube Music, Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play. For the most up-to-date, check out moreofthat.bandcamp.com. Our podcast is brought to you by the Ox Audio Network that features a variety of quality podcasts such as Are You There Pod, a show about young adult novels hosted by Josh A and Jessica. Shelf Life, a Toy Collector's Podcast featuring Blake and Adam, and Lupine Transmissions for All Things Strange, Dark, and Unusual, hosted by Tom G. Wolf. For special bonus content, visit and support our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash auxaudio, patreon.com forward slash A-U-X-A-U-D-I-O. Thanks again, and as always, don't forget to listen to music. Who's that brown, downtown like Julie?
6: Mixed-race British chicks, let me in, they Gucci. Like who he, kings? Well, yeah, he a'ight, though. Ball like Michael, life's vicious cycle. Chickity Choco, a chocolate chicken. Half chocolate Taco, quarter chip, a white Indian. Black tinted, Jewish Mel Gibson. Kool-Aid juice man, savage like Simpson. Who's that brown?